You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans. Welcome to episode 100 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi, uh, the Han Solo movie, Battlefront 2, and all the other awesome, exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. Um, as always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? How can I be doing anything else than fantastic after seeing such amazing new star wars footage and getting able to or being able to talk about it on our 100th episode i mean the force was with us where it all lined up pretty perfectly to celebrate 100 episodes of talking star wars with quite possibly one of the best star wars trailers ever so yeah i'm doing great and just super excited to break this thing down because there's a lot a lot of great stuff to dissecting this one it's going to be a lot of fun yeah absolutely man i mean i don't know how we managed to stick the landing of our 100th episode right on uh the episode where we get to talk about the last jedi trailer that was just released um but man and i mean we even get to record a little bit earlier than we usually do in the week and talk about this uh like the day after it was released so um man this is going to be a lot of fun and like you said this is I mean, ugh, this trailer was so, so good, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it yet. I mean, we'll just start breaking it down scene by scene, shot by shot, line by line of dialogue. Uh, we will just, you know, leave no stone unturned and then uh, just, you know, probably give our overall impressions of it at the end. Um, and I mean, this will be fun because we haven't even really talked about this much. Yeah. Yet. Um, I mean, last night I was at a baseball game um, and you and some other people were texting me when it first came out. And then, you know, I texted you when I got home after I got to watch it. But we haven't really, you know, had a chance to talk about it even amongst ourselves yet. So um, you guys will get some fresh reactions and discussion here. Um, and uh, this should be a heck of a lot of fun. Um, and I'm I'm still tired because I went to the uh, D-backs game last night in our playoff game against the Dodgers, which we lost, unfortunately. But um didn't get home from that because i live like about two hours away from the stadium i got home probably almost one in the morning and then still stayed up to watch this trailer like five times and was <laughs> talking to my dad about it and you know dissecting it in my head and watching uh a couple of like even reaction videos on youtube and stuff and 
Um, finally probably went to bed around like two. So I didn't get a ton of sleep last night, but that is okay because, you know, it's Star Wars and uh, not just Star Wars, but some of the coolest looking Star Wars stuff we've ever gotten. Um, so let's jump right into this. Actually, before we do, the uh, the one other thing we want to talk about first is the official poster that was released yesterday uh, to go along with the trailer. Um, and this was released, you know, a few hours earlier in the day. Um, so we have the official poster for The Last Jedi as well. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, the tickets are on sale now also. So uh, I don't know, Tim, what were your, your kind of thoughts um, just seeing this poster for the first time? Yeah, I really like this poster. I think it captures, you know, definitely the feel of what they're going with this movie as far as red being the main color theme. I mean, we've seen it on those character posters that uh, were revealed at a, a, no, I'm trying to remember what, the D23, right? Yeah, the D23. I was getting confused with D23 or Celebration, but pretty sure it was D23. So we did Wait, those... no, the poster was at uh, Celebration, right? Was it? Yeah, well, I was just talking to uh, our friend Paul Herman the other day. He's He was at Celebration, um, and actually, I think uh, yeah, we, uh, Jason Hunt was over at my house, too, and we were all on Xbox playing Battlefront and stuff. Um, and that was a blast, but that's a story for another time. Uh, but we were talking <laughs> about celebration and because uh, both of those guys were there and they were talking about uh, getting the poster um, from being there at the the panel for it. So, um, yeah, no, that, was, sure... that was the teaser poster. I'm talking about those character posters where. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. OK. Yeah. Well, you said the poster with, you know, red being the theme. I'm like, the first thing that came to mind was that teaser poster from Celebration where it's just got, you know, Ray with the lightsaber and the whole rest of it is just drenched in red. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, no, no, okay. I, I forgot about those character posters too. Yeah, but, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, regardless of, of which teaser poster you're talking about or the official one or whenever they were released, um, yeah, absolutely. The sort of crimson red theme is definitely prominent throughout. Oh, totally. And, you know, just even the logo when we first saw that for the first time of the main title, Star Wars being red, that was our first indication, but I didn't think it was going to go this far. You know, they're just really hyping that color thing, which is cool in my opinion. I just hope they go with blue for episode nine because I would love to see the color blue splashed everywhere yeah. and all the marketing for that. I think but, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, this the positioning of the characters and where they're centered. I think is really cool in this poster. I love how Luke's, you know, right at the top and Leia's right up kind of in the middle. She's literally front and center in there, but in right between them is Ray and Kylo Ren. Uh, definitely different from the Force Awakens poster, which is a good thing because I want each of these posters to have their own unique feel. But I just like where the main characters are centered from Luke and Leia front and center with Ray and Kylo Ren. And then you got the supporting characters right underneath them, Finn, Poe, and Chewie, Rose. General Huck snuck in there, which I was kind of surprised. Mm -hmm. I was expecting, I was actually expecting Snoke to be in this poster, but maybe they'll save him for the episode nine one. And of course, you got the droids, even the... BB-9E made it on the poster right above Captain Phasma with her spear in an awesome pose. And even the Praetorian Guards, it's cool. They got all three of them in there right by Kylo Ren's arm. So I think the layout and the position of the characters are cool. And then just a nice touch, I think. You know, going again with that red color theme, you got the ski speeders that we saw in the trailer in the first teaser too, just speeding across, heading towards the walkers and, you know, the dirt the red dirt from crate is you know kicking up from behind him as they're making their way there so just i think a well thought out design poster all the way around and glad that it is different from the force awakening like i said before so yeah i think it's a really cool one and hopefully i'll be getting one soon i know i got the force awakens one through those uh, disney reward points i got from getting tons of <laughs> disney themed blu-rays between star wars marvel so oh, nice. i think i'll have enough points to get this one once they release that so i'll 
I'm looking forward to adding that one to my collection. Sweet. Yeah, I actually got the Force Awakens one. Um, I won it through a giveaway on Twitter from uh, the Real D 3D company. Um, so if they happen to do another one of those this time around, I will definitely be uh, throwing my name in the, uh, you know, my hat in the ring for that too. So um, yeah, definitely a cool looking poster. Um, one that's going to look great, you know, adding to a collection of Star Wars posters if you've got some already. But uh, yeah, just cool looking poses for all the characters you know it's, it's very striking i think the um yeah. not just the red but even like with this and the uh those character posters like you were talking about um the contrast between the red and the white mm, it's like yeah. it seems like kind of just those two colors and not a whole lot of anything else i mean even some of the other characters in here like uh you know poe and finn and leia like their faces are all kind of uh saturated with that red color um, I do that, like though how Luke his the coloring on his face is kind of split where like looks like the color of Ray's blue lightsaber you see the blue yeah like on his uh, left side of his face where Ray's at and then on Kylo's side it's red and I don't know if you saw this today too but we got a lot of speculation going where there was a couple of uh, standees at IMAX uh, displayed where they're gonna have at their theaters where one of them's the hero themed uh, standee display and another's a dark side villain themed display. But on both of them, uh, it's featuring Luke. One of them, the other hero one, he has his hood down and kind of some shots where we've seen it from the Last Jedi teaser. And for the dark side one, I'm pretty sure it's this pose uh, from this poster where he has the hood looking, you know, uh, not, you know, not necessarily a happy Luke, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> in that shot. So I got a lot of speculation. Oh, like, is Luke going to the dark side? And I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But, you know, just going into what we've heard about the character and before where he's not going to be in a good place in this movie. So yeah. I just found that interesting though, that uh, they made a point to have Luke on both the hero and villain themed standees that IMAX is displaying. So, yeah, well he is definitely a uh, sort of prominent figure in the movie as far as the villains are concerned, because like he's their number one most you know person on the top of their most wanted list yeah uh for the first order so i think it would still kind of make sense to have him there like i like you said i definitely don't think he's turning to the dark side um if anybody's turning to the dark side in this movie it doesn't look like it's going to be luke but we'll get to that later <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i i think it would still make sense to kind of have him and i didn't see those pictures like you're talking about but if it's kind of like this where he's sort of an ominous presence in the background um on the the villain poster um that would be kind of fitting because i think he's an ominous background presence to those characters that they're trying to you know kind of bring to light i guess that's um, a good way to look at it yeah but yeah yeah, anyways, yeah and then of course down at the bottom you got the whole just stark white section with uh, the walkers and the speeders um and that's all looking pretty cool too so and obviously i mean that kind of matches the the color theme of crate uh, that we've seen so far just from the trailers and stuff where it's got the really light colored surface and then the red dirt that kicks up from underneath. So um, I wonder if like they made that design decision for the planet first and then decided like, hey, you know what? This would make some cool colors to incorporate in the marketing or if it was like vice versa, like if they knew from the mm -hmm. beginning that like, let's really have this movie like saturated with red. What can we do? Like, let's go to a mining, you know, mineral rich planet and kick up red dirt from under the ground yeah i kind of think it's uh, the latter there where ryan johnson just you know probably when mapping out the story and writing the script probably just you know 
creatively came to him were, you know, the color red. This seemed like a natural color to be the theme of this movie. And I think probably purposely and intentionally, that's why he decided to put, you know, the landscape of Crate, or at least the dirt of it, to feature that red color and then, you know, run with it and go crazy with the marketing for all the stuff we're seeing for it. So, I mean, maybe, I don't know if they'll ever reveal that, but it'd be interesting to see if they, if we'd ever do get to hear Ryan Johnson talk about that. But I kind of think it came all from him probably pretty early on in the creative process while he was in the story. Yeah, I would love to, you know, hear more about his process going into this whole thing, too. Yeah, um, hopefully there'll be a lot of great stuff on the Blu-rays. That I'm sure there will. Blu-rays, books, you know, interviews and articles and all that kind of stuff. Um that I think will shed a lot more light on this after we see the movie. But enough about the poster. It's cool. We like it. That's not what we're here for. That's not what you guys are here for. Let's talk about this trailer. Um, man, and like I said, let's just we'll just start from the beginning and start breaking it down. Um, I've got a, uh, a Word document open here that I actually went through and watched the trailer again before we started this, and I typed out all the dialogue um, just so I could reference it. And I haven't done that before with any of our... Uh, our trailer review episodes, but there was enough dialogue and uh, I felt like meaningful dialogue in this one that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to want to go back and reference certain lines. So let me just jot all these down here. Yeah. Thank um, you for doing that because I know for me personally, there's been quite a few times we're talking about this trailer. Like, I think he said this or I'm paraphrasing here, but yeah, like you said, a lot of significant dialogue that, you know, you're going to want to get right as we're talking about this. So. Yeah. Yeah. A trailer this awesome deserves more than just paraphrasing. Um, and also want to give a thanks to uh, the Star Wars Underworld. Um, I'm using a photo gallery from their Facebook page um, where they posted just a ton of screen caps from the trailer. Um, and so instead of going on YouTube and, you know, starting and stopping it um, as we're going through this, I'm just going to sort of flip through these screenshots and talk about just the images and the dialogue and stuff as we're going. So uh, strap in. This is going to be fun. I don't know how long we're going to go, but uh, man, let's talk about this Last Jedi trailer um, where we start out with a shot of Kylo Ren um, looking more almost like Anakin Skywalker-esque in his uh, his outfit here. I mean, he's without the helmet, without the cape, just sort of simple dark tunic and, and uh, pants and boots and stuff. Um, looking almost jedi robes ish in a way um or you know jedi tunic kind of thing but clearly you know dark side evil but you can see sort of the family resemblance there um and he's standing at the window of uh what i'm assuming is like a factory or something where it looks like they're mass producing some first order war machines um i think when i was watching the trailer you could kind of see what looks like uh, some kind of two-legged walker um walking along the floor of this thing and then you just see a bunch of mechanical you know machinery and stuff um, so yeah, like I said, it looks like some kind of either weapons factory or, you know, big base of, of mass production stuff like that. Or it could also maybe be on the like big first order warship thing that we've heard them talk about. Um, so I don't know, it could be a ground base, it could be a base in space, but clearly, and we'll see this more later in the trailer too, uh, the, the first order means business here. And I think we're really going to see the full uh, scope of what they can do and the full might of their uh, their arsenal here. Yeah, I started to think that Star losing Star Killer Base wasn't that big of a blow to them, <laughs> judging from what we're seeing in this trailer. But yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's always interesting, and at least for me anyway, before I see a new Star Wars trailer, just what is the first shot going to be? I mean, you can never really guess or expect what 
there's not a pattern to follow as far as you know how they're going to begin this thing. I mean, with Force Awakens, the, the, that one was surprising where it just started off with I mean the first teaser of the desert and Finn's face pops up, and then the official trailer where it's just uh, Ray uh, scavenging on the Star Destroyer with her mask on or her cloak covering her face with the goggles. So this one, you know, really focusing on Kylo Ren at the get-go here and the first few shots of the trailer before we get to the Lucasfilm logo. And it all begins with this one, like you said, having an Anakin vibe there, just a Skywalker vibe, you know, looking out uh, to the horizon and out certain areas in this one is just Kylo looking at, you said, the First Order preparing for war and just creating weapons for war. So, yeah, I thought it was a unique way to start the trailer when I first saw it. Okay, Kylo Ren, but when you watch the whole trailer and see the theme that they're going here, it seems like a, you know, a very logical choice to begin with this shot of Kylo Ren kind of almost at a peaceful moment and probably one of the few that he's going to have throughout the course of the movie. So, you know, starting it off calmly and <laughs> with a shot of Kylo Ren from behind. So mm-hmm. definitely, uh, you know, I want to say it took me by surprise, but like I said, could never guess what a star Wars trailer is going to begin with. And it was the case with the last Jedi. So, yeah. And to uh, start off with the dialogue here, um, you see the shot of Kylo Ren and you hear the voice of Snoke saying, when I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. Um, and I'll get to that, the second part of that line in a minute. But you you hear um, those words over a couple more shots here. Um, we've got that one of Kylo Ren. And then we see this just gorgeous looking shot of... Oh, <laughs> the ATM six walkers on crate. And if you look closely, you actually can see a couple of old Imperial AT ATs alongside them too. Um, or at least that's more what they look like. I mean, maybe the first order just has some smaller versions of their walkers that they use, but they definitely look, uh, closer to, if not the, exactly the same as, uh, AT ATs, but it's just a line of them here. Um, you know, on just a big plane on crate with, uh, you know, some cliffs off in the background and it looks like the sun's about to set and, and it's just like visually stunning. Um, and then you've got a shuttle flying overhead too, that looks like, uh, Kylo Ren's shuttle. Um, and I don't know if it's the exact same one or if this might just be some kind of first order, like troop transport or something. Um, but definitely looking like that familiar kind of design with the, the really high wings, um, and that's just flying over this line of walkers. And again, like I said, these guys mean business. Yeah, this is the first shot of the trailer where I went, wow, this is awesome. And there's a lot of that <laughs> in the course of the trailer. But this is the first one. I love this shot. I mean, this is one of the things I was hoping to see in the trailer, more of the Battle of Crate and the new ATM-6 walkers. And this was a perfect display to showcase them and get them, really give us our very first good look at them in the movie and it did not disappoint and i just again i love their design when they first revealed it but actually seeing in the movie now on the terrain of crate and just seeing you know the gorilla walkers as they're being referred to their their legs and the positioning that they're in why they're referred to as gorilla walkers i just think it looks really cool and we didn't get a taste of them really in action and causing destruction but I'm all for, you know, saving that for when we're in the theater seeing the movie. This trailer did a great job of teasing what these new massive walkers are going to be like and how much of a threat I think they're going to be for the resistance. So Mm -hmm. a great first showing for these new ATM-6 walkers. The shot, yeah. It's kind of similar to just the opposite of in the first Force Awakens teaser where the X-Wings 
uh, were coming up, lining up one by one over the lake of Taco Donna. But this one is just was on the first order side and doing it with uh, the walkers. It's a totally different effect, but it has that similar feel to it where they're all just lined up, ready to go into battle and just a beautiful looking shot, like you said. So, yeah, this was the first of many wow moments in this trailer. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I was just thinking about as far as just sort of the lighting, the fact that this looks like sunset and some of the other shots that we've already seen from the Battle of Crate. I'm like, I wonder if this might actually be... Uh, sunrise and not sunset because mm. all the other shots that we've seen so far from the battle of taco or sorry did i say taco donna before no you said great oh great okay i was about to say taco donna i don't know why i said taco donna earlier but oh okay <laughs> um no but yeah for the battle of crate um you know it looks like it's real bright out you know middle of the day kind of thing so maybe this is the very beginning and the sun is like coming up as they start this battle or maybe it starts in the middle of the day and by the end of the day, the sun's going down and they still haven't taken out any of these walkers, which would be mm -hmm. bad for the heroes, but we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, definitely kind of intriguing there. I mean, the, the thing that kind of made me think about that is because you mentioned the Battle of Takodana and those X-Wings flying over the lake and the shot that, of that that we saw in the trailer and how the shot that we saw in the very first teaser for The Force Awakens ended up looking a lot different than um what we ended up seeing in the final movie and so i'm wondering if maybe just through you know digital lighting effects um and stuff like that if they decided to kind of change the look and feel as far as like the time of day of the battle or if this really is you know if you can read anything into this as far as sort of the progression of it yeah i kind of hoping it's what you were saying before where it starts at a certain time and then we just see you know the lighting of the day change as the course of the battle whether it's you know beginning at sunrise or the sun is setting so i wonder if that's going to play into a factor in the battle of all into the battle at all like maybe there's something on the planet where it causes them you know where they have to finish the fight by like by sundown or by a certain before the sun comes up or something like that that'd be interesting if there's like a a time effect going on there during the course of this battle where they have to make sure they're uh, finished it by then because there is a moment that we'll get to in the trailer where it's kind of similar to a little bit of the empire strikes back where you see you know the main door or gate for the rebel base that's on there i it's kind of hard to say if it is closing but uh, leia is there and it kind of reminded me of the shot of empire where they're closing uh the the door to echo base because they're going to leave it open because of being too cold and i just wonder if anything like that's going to play a factor into this battle too where they have to make sure everyone's inside and close the base for anything to do with the planet or if it's just because you know they got to uh, get away from the attack of the first order so it'll be interesting but i kind of like the idea of hopefully maybe the time of day playing a factor in this battle that'd be something pretty interesting mm -hmm. yeah that would be cool just like i said if it is the end of the day and the first order still has this many walkers left standing the resistance is screwed yeah <laughs> i know like i said before when we're talking about these walkers i'm really anxious to see how this battle is going to play out and if the resistance actually stands a chance and able to win this one it's going to be really Excited to see it all unfold on screen. Yeah, definitely. Um, so moving on from that, then we have this really cool shot of Kylo Ren. At least I'm assuming this is Kylo Ren leading a group of First Order Stormtroopers. Um, it kind of looks like they might be flame troopers. Um, and I'm guessing that mostly just from the fact that it looks like they all have backpacks. Mm -hmm. um, but it's hard to tell. This is a, a top-down shot, and you see them entering what looks like some kind of cave or something. Um, and it's really cool because this kind of looks like 
Uh, it's it's reminiscent of that shot from episode three where um, yeah. Anakin and the clones are walking into the Jedi Temple. Um, and I was looking at this kind of trying to figure out what environment they're in here. And I think this is either maybe them walking into the the Resistance base on Crate or it looks like it could be Octo just because the – I mean if you look at kind of the top of the frame, um, just some of the – I wouldn't say architecture but – whether it's, you know, rocks or the interior of a big tree or whatever. I mean, it looks kind of similar to uh, what we've seen on Octo, like the um, the bookshelf thing that we saw um, in the last trailer with the weird, like, woodwork thing coming out of it. Um, it looks kind of similar to that, but it's also... Um, I mean, it's dark. You can clearly see like streaks of red on the floor. So I don't know if that's sunset, if it's blood, if it's the, you know, mineral dust stuff on crate. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly where this is or what's going on here, but just another really cool and visually striking shot here. Yeah. I'm, for me personally, I'm thinking it's going to be crate that dirt on here. I mean, I think the red streaks on there give it away as far as being in the same terrain as great like you said i think there's entering a cave or maybe a secret entrance to the rebel base that they're trying to infiltrate there and like we were talking about in the shot with the walkers as it looks like we see kylo run shuttle it could be you know he's making his way to this entrance into mm -hmm. the resistance base here of course yeah there's troopers along with him but um i just love like you said the little callback that you get to Revenge of the Sith with Anakin marching up to the Jedi Temple with the clones. I mean, it's a different shot, but as far as uh, angle-wise of the camera, like it's top-down, but you just cannot help but think of that when you see the shot. It's just so cool. These are the callbacks that I love to see in Star Wars, not the necessarily, you know, the copying certain beats from the movies, but actually, you know, doing the thing that George Lucas always talked about, how Star Wars is like music, and it rhymes with each other with each... Uh, movie that follows so when you have these little callbacks like that where it's just you know homages to certain moments i think it's really cool when we get those and this is one of them harking back to that mm -hmm. amazing moment into the set so yeah this is another cool shot yeah definitely um and then after that we see a shot of kylo ren uh with the helmet on um and he's in you know some kind of chamber or something um again just the background and the walls of this place dripping in you know crimson red light um and first we see a close-up of his helmet and then we see a close-up of his lightsaber on the ground and he's uh like reaching down to pick it up off the floor um and actually i didn't catch this at first but you pointed it out um you can see sort of the legs and feet of uh presumably a couple of praetorian guards in the background um just with the, the red robes kind of hanging down to the floor there so this is probably, uh, you know, something with him going back to uh, to talk to Snoke. Um, I would guess this is probably something from early in the movie. Um, and just kind of based on some of the sh shots we've seen so far here, I think the, just like the trailer, I think the movie might actually start out with Kylo Ren. Um, you know, obviously they, they've talked about how it's going to pick up right where The Force Awakens left off with... Uh, you know, Ray standing on the island, handing the lightsaber to Luke. But if you think about the way that these movies go, I mean, it always starts with like the crawl and then you're looking at space and then it pans down to either like a planet or a spaceship or something. 
And rather than it just like panning down to Octo and then like zooming in on the island, I can totally see it where the first thing we see is Kylo Ren's shuttle and he's going to uh, maybe this giant flying fortress that the First Order's got. Um, and, you know, it's kind of picking up from not the very end of The Force Awakens, but from, uh, you know, that last exchange between Snoke and Hux where he says, you know, leave the base and come to me with Kylo Ren. And um, maybe the first thing that we're going to see is uh, Kylo sort of dealing with Snoke in the aftermath of what happened at the end of The Force Awakens. And, uh, you know, maybe get it off to just a little bit more of a, a shocking or eventful kind of start. I mean, I don't know exactly what would be going on there. Um, if he's maybe going to be punished or if we're going to see Snoke train him or whatever. Um, but I think that would be a cool way to start it. And then you cut back to, uh, you know, the familiar stuff on Octo that we're all expecting to see. Yeah, I can see that happening, too, in, in a way where, you know, before a transition to Ray and Luke, where Snoke just kind of mentions, you know, you allowed uh, Ray to find, you know, the last Jedi. You allowed him to find Skywalker. Like, we don't know what's going to happen because of that. And then something to that effect. And then that's where it transitions to where we left off in The Force Awakens with Ray handing Luke the lightsaber. So I could definitely see that happening. It'll be interesting to see if it does. But because it kept, we've heard it so many times, like we said, it's going to start right where it left off with uh, from The Force Awakens. But I don't know, that's where I'm thinking. Did they actually say it is the moment with Luke and Ray, or has it always just been, you know, it picks up right where The Force Awakens left off? Because I've always just assumed that it's, you know, picking up with Luke and Ray, that's what's going to start. But now I'm thinking, like, did they ever specifically say it's with Ray and Luke? No, uh, not that I can remember. Um, like I said, they, they did say that it was going to pick up right where The Force Awakens left off, but that doesn't mean that they can't actually start the movie with showing some other stuff that's going on at the same time as Luke and Ray that we just didn't mm -hmm. know about or weren't seeing at the end of The Force Awakens. Um, yeah, because I think to pick it up right from, you know, to to have it almost seem like, okay, here we're starting on the same shot with Luke handing him, or with Ray handing Luke the lightsaber. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like they could get a little more creative than that um, and still, you know, show some other events that are going on within the same time space in the story. Um, and then, uh, you know, just cut back to that pretty shortly after. I mean, kind of like, kind of like in the way that how, you know, Empire Strikes Back ends. And then when Return of the Jedi picks up, you know, I mean, the opening crawl is all about Luke and, uh, you know, going to rescue Han from Jabba the Hutt. But then you, before we get to that, the first thing you see is Vader arriving on the second Death Star and talking about the Emperor mm -hmm. coming. And it's kind of setting up the bigger picture um, of you know, sort of the, the events and the, the big villains and the big threat coming later in the movie. And then we get back to the heroes doing their thing on Tatooine. Yeah, that makes total sense. And But regardless of, you know, what starts the movie off first, whether it's Luke and Ray or Kylo Ren, I do definitely think the shot in this moment in the trailer is probably the first time we're going to see Kylo Ren in the movie. I mean, he has his mask on here and We'll, we'll get to that moment later, Kyle, but I'm sorry. I don't think we're going to see that mask for very long in this movie. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah, this is probably, you know, I think it's going to start with Kylo talking with Snoke. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about in the shot with, with his lightsaber, does that look like a new lightsaber to you? Or is it, you know, pretty much the same one that he used in The Force Awakens? But to me, this looks like darker, more black. Or maybe it's the lighting of it, but it doesn't look exactly the same. Like maybe... 
he had to, you know, fix it up again after his battle with Ray. But it doesn't look like it's exactly the same as the one he had in The Force Awakens. Well, it looks the same in terms of, like, the wiring coming out of it, the um, just the way it's built. I mean, even down to that kind of hole at the top that almost looks like a gash or something. Um there's I something see, about that makes it look newer, though. I yeah, I see what you mean, and it could just be the lighting, but it definitely looks sort of more of like a shiny black. Um, and even you know, I've got my Force Effects one right here next to me, and the one from the Force Awakens looks a little more worn, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't exactly say rusty, but I mean, there are parts of it that look a little rusty or a little faded. Um, you know, parts where, I mean, if it was painted that maybe the paint is kind of worn out and like it's it's black, but it's also got areas that are definitely more kind of like silver and like bronze or copper colored. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it, and again, I mean, even just holding up mine and looking at it like it's the exact same design um, as far as just the shapes of it and stuff. But it, it definitely does look darker and it could just be the coloring in the room, but also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Ray did destroy his lightsaber at the end of The Force Awakens, or at least See, that that's was what I'm not 100 percent sure on. Well, like, I don't know if she totally destroyed it or not. But. I mean, I thought she like cut it in half because you got that sh- the the moment right at the end where um, they're both trying to swing at each other, and like he is holding her lightsaber hand in his free hand, like up in the air, and she has her free hand like holding his lightsaber hand like pointed down and his blade is like in the snow and then she gets her top hand free slashes down and his blade goes out when i saw it for the first time i thought she cut his hand off yeah me too (laughs) um but then that's not what happened but so for her to slash down at his saber hand and then for his saber to go off i'm assuming she at least damaged it um and that if she didn't cut his hand off that she at least you know cut part of his lightsaber off or something so yeah maybe he's reconstructed it um and just pieced it back together and repainted it um or i mean maybe he had a backup one i don't know um i was kind of thinking too because as we know he's in snoke's throne room like i said we see the praetorian guards their feet there i was wondering maybe like snoke is presenting him with a new lightsaber i mean knowing that he likes the cross guard saber like maybe snoke has a bunch of them that he hmm. uh, has as a collection or whatnot and he's presented it to kylo and that's why he's picking it up uh, off the floor there or kylo might be presenting it to snoke showing him you know he rebuilt it from it being damaged in his battle with ray showing you know maybe he's ready to begin his training again so i don't know mm-hmm. that definitely took me back a little bit trying to figure out if that is a different lightsaber than what he had in the force awakens and it could also be i mean maybe he's sort of being humbled here you know maybe he places it on the floor in front of snoke and says you know like hey if you think i'm not worthy then like take it or you know i'll lay my saber down or whatever and and snoke is like no pick that back up like we got work to do and again too going back to what we're talking about just a few minutes ago about how the movie's going to begin with ray and luke or kylo ren here talking about how it could play out in the transition where Kylo's picking up the lightsaber and then it just goes to the next scene where we see Ray handing her light, the Skywalker lightsaber back to Luke. So oh, there you go. A nice parallel there with these sabers. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And then, you know, one last thought I had about just the, the color scheme and whether this is a new saber or not. 
Um, I mean, keep in mind, this would not be the first time in the Star Wars movies that there have been like subtle changes to uh, some of the lightsaber hilts made. Um, especially like I know Vader is basically supposed to have the same lightsaber all the way through the original trilogy, but I think just because of the way they built the props and stuff, um, I think it's slightly different in episodes four, five, and six. And I'm not one of those people that like pays so much attention to the detail that I can tell the difference, like just from watching each movie. But I know if you showed me pictures of them all side by side, like I can tell the difference there. And so this could be another instance of that. I mean, maybe Ryan Johnson thought that was cool. And so he decided intentionally like, okay, this is going to be the same lightsaber, but just because it's a different movie, we're going to like paint it a little bit differently or something like that. Yeah. Again, it could be one of those things where we're just looking like way too much into it <laughs> where there's just a little creative differences there from like behind the scenes. But yeah, I, don't know. I like to think there's more significance to it in the actual story of the movie. Yeah, there could be. Um, but then again, it could also be one of those things that like you notice, but they don't really draw attention to it or like give an explanation for it. Um, and who knows, maybe they'll mention it in the visual dictionary or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it is a, a cool little touch to pick up on. Um, like I said, I, I still think it could also just be because of sort of the stark, uh, lighting, um, in this shot. I mean, even when we see Kylo, I mean, you see the background is lit kind of red, but it looks like the area that he's in is kind of darker anyways. Um, so it could just be kind of the contrast and the lighting that's making it look darker, but it could also, I mean, I, I definitely see what you're saying. It, it could be, um, you know, different colored or a different model or something, but, um, I don't know. We'll see if they call attention to that in the movie at all or give any kind of explanation for it, but I don't think it's a, that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so again, like I said, the, the dialogue for kind of all those scenes at the beginning with Kylo, it, it has Snoke saying, uh, when I found you, I saw raw untamed power and beyond that something truly special. And then it cuts to a shot of Ray igniting. And, and it was kind of cool the way they did this. It's like, you see mm -hmm. Kylo's hand picking up the saber and then you like hear the ignition, but it's Ray igniting her lightsaber. And, uh, so you're kind of thinking like, oh, wait, so was he saying all that about Kylo Ren or was he saying it about Rey? Um, and I will just say this right now. I, I And I love that they did this in this trailer. I think there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of questions raised. There's a lot to speculate about. But I think a lot of this is misdirection. Um, even starting here with, you know, just sort of raising this question of like, oh, wait, was he talking about Kylo or was he talking about Rey? Um, and I don't think the trailer like really spoils anything. Um, and obviously we'll, we'll kind of talk about this more as we get to some of the other specific moments, but I think there's a lot of stuff in here that like either makes you think a certain way and like, it's not necessarily going to be that way, but also it's like, it still could be that way. It's just, I wouldn't take yeah. <laughs> like the stuff in the trailer. I wouldn't take his confirmation one way or the other. Um, yeah, but so for me personally, I'll get your take on this. I think Snoke is actually talking to Kylo here. Um, I think they cut to this shot of Ray just to show, uh, you know, to, to just kind of show a cool contrast there and maybe make you think like, oh, wait, was he talking about Ray? Um, and that'll kind of tie into some stuff later in the trailer too. But the way that he's just talking about, like when I found you, um, I saw, you know, raw, uh, 
or what do you say raw uh raw power run raw untamed power um <clears throat> i mean he could be talking about ray as well but i mean kylo ren pretty much everybody knew he was strong in the force from a young age um and we know from leia and han's dialogue in the force awakens that snoke had his eye on kylo for a long time um i think like that line in The Force Awakens where Snoke is talking to Kylo and he says, there's been an awakening, have you felt it? And we're assuming, you know, that's sort of them sensing Rey discovering her powers for the first time. Um, and maybe they knew that she had this untapped potential and they were kind of just waiting for it. Because, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, we also know that Kylo seems to know something about this girl. Um, but, you know, I'm like... I don't know that Snoke was necessarily unaware of her presence. And this is kind of one of those things that we'll just have to, to wait and get the answers when we see the movie. Because um, they could definitely throw in some twist in there where Snoke has been watching Rey all along. Um, or at least kind of sensed her through the Force or was aware of her presence. Or that his whole plan was always to sort of bring her and Kylo together as kind of like a yin and yang. Uh, two different sides of the Force kind of thing. And he wants to control both of them or whatever. But at least given the information that we have right now... I think it makes more sense that, you know, that Snoke is just talking to uh, Kylo Ren and that maybe Kylo says, like, hey, I'm not worthy. Like, this girl is, you know, she's nobody. She just discovered her powers and she beat me. And maybe Snoke is actually, you know, rather than, like, punishing him, maybe giving him a little bit of a pep talk and saying, like, hey, I'm the most powerful dude in the universe. And when I discovered you, I saw something really special. So pick that lightsaber back up and you know, give into the dark side and go kill some people. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're totally right about what's part of what makes this trailer so awesome is just the questions that it raises. And um, this makes you think that's what I loved about it. I mean, I tweeted this out yesterday where my, my mind was going a thousand miles per hour with speculation and everything I just saw and heard with this trailer. Cause you think one thing, but then you go, Oh wait, but you can reapply it to this and you can apply it to that or wait, but he said this in the other movie, like so much stuff you could think about. And this is one of those, lines of dialogue here and you know when i first saw it right away i just assumed you know yeah he's definitely talking about kylo ren here it just fits and especially what we were seeing but and we'll get to this later of course we so they showed a shot of ray and snoke together and that's what's kind of making me you know go back and thinking you know well maybe you know he was talking about ray here but kind of what i'm thinking right now in regards to that dialogue is maybe it's two sets of different dialogue they put together for the trailer here because when he says, uh, when I found you, I saw raw and tame power, I think that's definitely referring to Kyle, Kylo Ren there. But the part where he says beyond that, something the something truly special part, to me that just screams Ray, <laughs> where mm. he could be saying that to her when she confronts him in the movie. And I was kind of thinking this, along the same lines you were talking about, where we know there's going to be some twists and turns here and some secrets revealed in this movie, and that can be one of them where, you know, where, you know, maybe his eye was on Ray the whole time and he was just using Kylo Ren to get to Ray in, in a weird way, or like you said, bring them together. But then you, you mentioned the line of the force awakens where we, you know, the first line of dialogue we heard in the sequel trilogy, there has been an awakening. Have you felt it? I mean, cause that kind of leads you to believe that he wasn't aware of Ray's presence just yet until, you know, the force awakened insider and they both felt it. But then at the same time too, <laughs> like you said, Kylo Ren seemed to, know something about Ray when he grabbed that first order officer and just said, what girl, you know, there's yeah. history there. 
So <laughs> again, it's just like you think one thing, you think you got it, but then you go back and you go, oh, wait, maybe that's not right. So I mean, that's all the fun of this speculating on what could be going on until we actually see the movie. And that's what makes not only, you know, the lead up to the movie fun, but just dissecting this trailer. And like I said, what makes it so great is it raises so many of these types of questions that just makes you think of what's going to happen. It's definitely not, you know, leading you down a straight path of what's going to happen in this movie. It's have, there's a bunch of different direction signs. This going all over the place of what it could possibly lead you or end up in once you see the movie. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the, the purpose of this trailer is definitely not to give anything away for certain. It's making me think of one of my favorite skits from the star Wars robot chicken specials. And I think it was from episode three and it's the part where Luke goes in the cave on Dagobah and Yoda tells him, you know, you don't need your weapons. Luke takes him anyway. And he fights Vader and he kills him. And Yoda runs in. And he's like, oh, crap, what did you do? Like, <laughs> he's, he's, um, he's like, uh, just some dude it was. The reason I said no weapons this is. <laughs> and Luke's like, uh, you know, he's like, in my defense, you phrased that as more of a suggestion. And Yoda's like, thank you, which straight cut his head off. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I think Luke goes, he's like, hey, he kind of looks like me. And Yoda's like, yes, look like you. He did uh, <laughs> jump out and scare you. He would then reveal his face. He would and blow in your mind would be. <laughs> and Luke goes, what's the point of that? Uh, you know, to to show me the dark side or in Yoda goes to make you think. And Luke's like, oh, like I'm Vader to make you think. <laughs> so long story short, that's the point of everything in this trailer. Oh. To make you think. Uh, that is, it's definitely doing that. That is for darn sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would think a robot chicken short would apply to this trailer, but there you go. It but it's it pretty it perfectly. Fits beautifully. <laughs> yep. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, moving on from there. Um, then we see just a cool establishing shot of the island on Octo flying overhead. Um, then a wide shot of Luke and Ray still standing by the cliff. And see, again, this is what makes me think, okay, we're going to see something else first. And then this is going to be like the establishing shots that we see getting back to uh, these two characters here. Um, and then we see almost an identical shot of, uh, you know, close up of Ray looking, you know, standing right where she was at the end of the force awakens, holding the lightsaber out to Luke. And then just a really cool close up of her placing that saber in his mechanical hand. And, uh, man, just even seeing the hand this close up, it looks yeah. like way more intricate than we've ever seen before. Um, even when you think of like Anakin's mechanical hand in the prequels um and it almost looks like it's got kind of a cobbled together look to it but well, also it's it's definitely like it doesn't look cheap and like it would fall apart but it it almost looks like luke made this himself and built it really well but like built it from spare parts well from what i gather with it is that luke just has never bothered to repair it with any damage that it's taken and if you look closely like right underneath the sleeve it looks like there's damage to the part of his hand that he got shot in on the sail barge in java's palace and oh you're right so i'm just thinking you know luke being in his isolation this has never bothered to fix it or do anything about the damage it suffered and the battles that he's been through you know since he got it and i think that's mm -hmm. a really cool effect i just if that is the case where that 
uh, dent or you know that damaged point is that part of his hand is that I think that's awesome and I love the fact too where and I forgot to mention this when we were talking about it in our last episode as far as the short little teaser videos we got of the trailer and this shot was one of them but the fact that Luke's robotic hand is like trembling and shaking as he's about to take the lightsaber almost mm-hmm. like he's just scared to touch it again it's just I think it's a really cool effect to add to the emotion that Luke must be feeling here just a really nice touch there where you just see Luke is so nervous about holding this lightsaber again, knowing, knowing its legacy. Uh, I just think that is so cool. Yeah, and I think we've already heard like Mark Hamill and some other people talk about in you know just some of the magazine interviews and stuff that we've gotten, um, just talking about sort of what this means for him, um, and not just taking back his old lightsaber, but sort of the enormous weight that comes with it of just him yeah. being in exile and Ray coming looking for him and the fact that he's taking this lightsaber back um, and not even that he's going to take it back and keep it. Cause again, I think we're all assuming at this point that Ray is going to keep using this lightsaber. And if we see Luke use one again, it's going to be his green one. But just the fact that she's handing this to him and he's accepting it, it's not just, Oh, Hey, cool. My old sword. Let me take this back and yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, hold hey, you on to it. it. It's, <laughs> it's like along with it, he's accepting the responsibility of like, you know, this reminder of his past and, hey, remember what you're supposed to be and the galaxy needs you to sort of take up this cause um, again of of uh, being a Jedi and sort of fighting to restore peace and justice because we kind of need that right now. Totally. Yeah, man. Probably out of any moment in the movie or as far as, you know, stuff we're seeing in the two trailers we got, there's no moment I'm just dying to hear the dialogue for than this one right here. <laughs> Who's? It's almost like what... Uh, Poe Dameron's at the beginning of The Force Awakens. Like, so who talks first? You talk first? <laughs> Who's going to speak first in this moment? Is it going to be Ray or Luke? And I just can't wait to hear what they say here. Uh, I'm just chopping up the bit to get to this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, as we're seeing all this stuff with Luke and Ray here, you hear Ray's voice uh, saying, something inside me has always been there, and now it's awake, and I need help. Um, and so just sort of her plea, uh, plea for help to Luke, not just to you know, in general for him to come back and be a Jedi and save the galaxy. But for her personally, I mean, even though we saw in the force awakens that it looks like she's got a pretty good grasp on this force stuff, or that at least for a beginner, she's uh, handling herself pretty well. Um, the way that she, you know, force tricked uh, the 007 stormtrooper and got out of the prison cell and then managed to beat Kylo Ren in a lightsaber duel. Um, but of course that was after Finn had already worn him out and Chewie shot him in the side. Um, and Ray is just sort of, you know, discovering all this power within herself for the first time. And I'm sure it's got to be, you know, scary. Um, And she's probably just unsure of herself. And of course, if you're going to go find uh, the last living Jedi, who's also one of the greatest Jedi masters ever, and was, you know, this legend um, in the fight against Vader and Palpatine and stuff, um, definitely you'd want to like have that person guide you. And so the way that she's just reaching out to him and being like, Hey, look, I need help. Like, I've got this massive power inside of me and like, sure, I've done some cool stuff with it so far, but I don't know where this came from. I don't know what to do with this. Uh, like you have way more experience with this than I do. So, uh, you know, teach me and help me control this. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about it too, where something we never got in the force awakens or like the novel or anything for it. Like the conversation Ray and Leia had to have before, you know, she left to find Luke on Octo. Like what was the game plan? Was it, you know, just, you know, Ray, you go find Luke and bring him back. 
or you know delay encourager you know find luke bring him back but like but before that have him help you you know harness your force abilities and train you a little bit i just curious to see you know what was the actual intention there or far as how long uh, she expected to be here with luke like was it you know something just to get him back or when she reaches there reaches octo and she finds luke and she tells him this and that's when she decides to stay a little bit to be trained and he decides to show her and help her uh, probably reluctantly at first from some of the stuff we've read so i just find that a little interesting too like what was the actual intended plan here uh, when she reached luke or maybe you know she felt all along where you know she was of course going to bring him back but before that she had to you know uh, do this for herself and help her you know find out how to harness you know, the special ability that she had that like you said in the dialogue she knew she always had it that's always been there but now it's finally awoken out so i don't know it's gonna be curious and i'm sure they'll address it once they finally do talk and set the stage for what's to come in the rest of the movie but it's gonna be interesting like i said just to hear <laughs> their first line of dialogue in the film and how it's gonna go i just cannot wait to hear that yeah and who knows if she actually even really had that much of a plan uh, mm-hmm. going there in the first place. I mean, it could just be one of those things where you're just so looking forward to the chance to meet this legendary hero. Like maybe she doesn't even really think through like, okay, what am I going to do when I get there? Um, you know, is he going to train me? Is he going to come back and join the fight? I mean, I'm, I'm sure she probably had like some idea, but um, as far as specifics and a detailed plan and stuff i think it's probably more just a case of like hey look i've got the lightsaber i've got the map finally like let's just go find luke skywalker and go from there um but whatever her plan is uh you know obviously both from the trailer and from what we've read so far in interviews and stuff it sounds like uh things are not going to go exactly as she uh you know planned or expected or envisioned so yeah um so anyway then after that uh, we see Luke take the lightsaber and then, you know, just a shot of him standing there holding it and kind of looking up at Ray, um, almost with a kind of quizzical look on his face. Like, how did you get this? Yeah. Mm. Um, I know. Unfortunately, you know, we're, he's not he's not going to know the full details since Maz didn't tell him. <laughs> yeah. Know, story for another time. But. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, that's kind of the same question that a lot of us in the audience probably had in The Force Awakens. Like, isn't that thing supposed to be at the bottom of Cloud City? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and who knows but, if we'll ever eventually get that full story. We got to at some point. Um, for some reason, I'm not. I'm thinking it's not going to be in any of the movies. It's probably going to be in the books. Somewhere. Yeah. Well, and like I said, kind of like the thing with uh, Kylo's lightsaber. Like if that actually is different and if there's any significance to it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's important to the main story of the movie. And so it might be one of those kind of things that they just kind of leave left unsaid. Um, and it's like I think. In regards to Luke's and Anakin's lightsaber, I think that is important enough where it should be said in a movie because it's, it's even just for general audience members, that's just a, a very logical question to ask. You know, how did it they get it from it falling down in Cloud City? So I hope they do. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I would, I would definitely like to get that explanation, but I definitely don't think it's as important. Um, I mean, even when. Uh, like Han or whoever asks Maz in The Force Awakens and she said, you know, that's a good question for another time. Um, it's like it's not really as important to the events of the story that's going on now as the fact that just, hey, I have this lightsaber. It belonged to Luke. I need to go find him. And also, you know, her touching the lightsaber re- reveals sort of this connection to the Force um, that she might have. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up. Let's put it that way. 
Um, and I think this is probably something that I've already gotten over from like the hype before The Force Awakens. Like when we first found out that this lightsaber was going to be in it, I think I was one of those people that was like, wait, what? Like that's not supposed to be there. Um, but now I'm just kind of like, you know what? It's cool that they brought it back and that legacy gets to kind of continue on. And if we never get like a fully fleshed out logical explanation for it, I'm kind of okay with that. But kind of the same way, actually, the thing I, uh, the thing I think I would kind of more compare it to is like, um, Darth Maul coming back in the Clone Wars. Um, like you kind of get an explanation there yeah. as far as like his rage kept him alive for, you know, all these years because he was so bent on revenge. It's like, okay, that's nice. But you didn't have a lower half of your body. Like, how did you go to the bathroom? Like, how did you, how did you get the toxic waste out of your body so that it did not build up and kill you? Um, it biologically makes no sense. But I don't. Away. <laughs> but I don't really care anymore because we got some awesome stories with Maul once they brought him back. So the the little you know logical uh, technicalities of it don't really matter as much in the the grand scheme of things. So I'm thinking that might kind of be the same case with that lightsaber. Yeah, like kind of like you said, I'm not going to get my hopes up too much. But at the same time, I would prefer it if they do show it in the movies. But I just got to say uh, regarding, you know, this is probably our first great shot of Luke in this trailer. And just how awesome it is to see, you know, Luke front and center in this trailer. I mean, we've, he was in, we heard him in the first teaser. We showed that, that one shot of him, like kind of in the shadows as he says that, it's time for the Jedi to end. But this one, especially after being so hyped for seeing him again in The Force Awakens, it was only at the very end. Seeing Luke, just hearing him talk and, you know, seeing him talk <laughs> finally in this trailer was just so great. But this is the mm -hmm. first shot that we got of Luke here. Just, you know, just a really, really cool feeling as I was watching it for the first time. And, you know, seeing Luke again, and you know, not just for a little bit, but knowing that he's going to have such a, Know, prominent role in this movie just gets you so excited because we know as we said it before a lot on this podcast that's what we're looking forward to the most in this movie and i'm just glad the trailer you know really highlighted that and the importance he's going to play in it too so this is our first really good shot of luke and i thought it was a cool one mm -hmm. yeah definitely i mean this trailer definitely really didn't pull any punches as far as um showing off the main characters i mean you would think that maybe luke they would still be kind of pulling back a little bit more. Um, but he's definitely not going to be as much of a mystery in this movie as he was in The Force Awakens. And The Force Awakens was about everybody trying to find Luke, and you finally see him for 10 seconds at the end. This movie is all about Luke. So, I mean, it makes sense that you would see a lot of him in the trailer. But I'm surprised that we saw as much of Snoke as we did. Um, I mean, both hearing his dialogue yeah. and then seeing, you know, him full you know, full face, you know, in the... Uh, you know, up close and everything. Um, I mean, it's not like he got a ton of screen time in the trailer, but even just the fact that we have at least one scene where like you clearly see like he's right there. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I was actually expecting to see Snoke, but not in the way they showed it in this trailer, yeah. which we'll talk about later. But Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so we got Luke there and then uh, we see Ray, you know, kind of climbing up a mountain or something on Octo towards... This is a great shot. Yeah, it's it's shrouded in mist, and you can see what looks like that big gnarly tree thing that we had seen before in like some leaked set photos. And um, you know, I'm guessing that this is probably the thing where like it's got that bookshelf inside it. I mean, maybe this is even like an ancient Jedi temple. 
um, when, you know, when they talk about yeah. Octo being the, the site of the first Jedi temple, maybe the first Jedi temple was just built inside a giant weird looking tree. And it, um, it would make sense too, like especially it was like a way far back, you know, in a primitive like era, and they knew this tree was probably like the strongest source of energy in the Force on this planet, and they decided to, you know, that's why they based their temple around it or built their temple inside there because it was so strong in the Force. And I think that's a totally cool idea if they go that route, which I, I'd like to believe it is because some important stuff is going to go down in the sequence. I think it's making yeah. me feel that. All the questions we have about Ray and wondering where she's where she comes from, her parents, it's gonna get revealed in this sequence and we're just seeing her make her way there. Yeah, it's gonna be mm -hmm. really cool. I can't wait to get to this part of the movie. Yeah, and I don't know that it's necessarily gonna reveal everything. Um, but like you said, it definitely is gonna have some important stuff. I mean, I think if this is the same thing that we're talking about where like on the interior you see uh that shelf inside the weird bendu looking tree thing with the light shining on it and then the hand pulling out the book that people are speculating might be like the journal of the wills um we're definitely going to get some cool whether it's jedi history or just mythology about the force um i don't know if this will necessarily be where we get more information about ray's parentage but i think that will probably be uh I mean, you know, that, that definitely could tie into it as well. And I think we're obviously going to get some of that information at some point in the movie. Um, but yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a really cool sequence here. I mean, this is almost like her Dagobah uh, tree cave. Exactly. Um, yeah. Only hopefully a little less weird and ambiguous and uh, more just sort of revealing some information and some mysteries and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. The whole point of those, like, Force trials or visions or whatnot, they seem to always be ambiguous. So I'm sure there'll be a little bit there. And kind of like you said, maybe we won't get the answer to every question in the sequence, but I think this will definitely at least be the start of it, where slowly the secrets will be revealed here. I'll give you a little taste of it, and maybe there'll be another point in the movie where, you know, finally we get the answers. But I think this is going to be the start of some really big stuff, especially yeah. with regards to the Force in this moment. And it's going to be awesome. And just going back to just how the look of the shot is, and I was talking to our friend Paul yesterday as we were geeking out over the trailer and he just made a point to say how, you know, this is a real fantasy like looking shot here. And I totally mm -hmm. agree. And it just reminds me of Lord of the Rings a lot. It's kind of when Frodo and Sam at the beginning of the two towers were uh, going through the mountains and even yeah. like the cloak that Ray has here. It's almost like the ones they were wearing in the movie. So it has a very fantasy Lord of the Rings vibe to it, which I'm not going to complain about because I love fantasy and that type of stuff visually too so mm -hmm. and star wars has always been referred to as you know space fantasy more than sci-fi so i'm glad it's having that fantasy element in there in the visuals too so this is another reason why the shot is just so so cool yeah and you know what this is also just sort of a testament to what they can do with like visual effects and stuff nowadays um and not even that this is like a huge deal but like i'm just thinking back to some of the leaked set photos that we saw of this you know tree or Jedi temple or you know shrine or monument or whatever this thing is on Octo and from the pictures I mean it looked kind of interesting or mysterious or whatever but it also like the the pictures were taken just in plain daylight you could just kind of see the whole tree sitting out there and it just looked like this big sort of dark gnarly thing that looked weird kind of sitting in the bright green grass on the rest of the island um 
And, you know, not that I thought it looked bad or cheesy or anything, but then you see this shot and the way that, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is a lot of stuff that they've added in digitally as far as the weather and the, the lighting and stuff and the fact that it's all sort of dark and misty and shrouded in fog. I'm like, oh, this looks so much better than what I was envisioning. Um, and again, you know, not that I, I thought it was bad to begin with, but like... You know, it's just funny how you can see one thing in some leaked set photos and it's like that's what they're actually working with on set. But then they can still just go and change it up so much in post-production and make it look like you said from, you know, being a, a movie set on an island to really feeling like, you know, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Like it looks like Ray's walking through Middle Earth here um, or through some sort of dark fantasy story that I think looks just really cool. So. Um, you know, just another awesome shot there. Yeah, and I wonder, too, um, how much of the stuff that we see Ray do in this trailer and what we'll see her do in the movie, how much of it's going to be, you know, her going to investigate and find things out on her own, or is it places Luke sends her as part of her training? Because we know uh, Luke's going to be a little reluctant at first, you know, to train her. So I wonder if she kind of takes it upon herself to do certain things that maybe he doesn't want her to do on this planet and investigate. And I wonder if this is one of them where she's just you know, finding out the secrets of the force and mysteries of it on her own, since maybe Luke won't provide her the answers that she's looking for. So that's another kind of story aspect that I'm wondering how much is going to play into it as far as how much Luke is going to guide her, how much she's doing this on her own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think as far as the stuff on Octo and diving into the mysteries of the force and stuff like that, and, you know, if she's going on sort of like a pilgrimage or something um, to this Jedi site, I I would assume that Luke probably is directing her in that, but I also do think she's definitely going to do some stuff on her own that Luke might be against. Um, and again, I think there's some evidence for that later in the trailer too, but um, we will see where that goes. Um, but then the next shot here um, is another shot of that bookshelf that we were talking about before. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I think in the first trailer... I think it was in the first trailer, you see like a gloved hand picking up that book and I just assumed it was Luke. Um, but then here you see Ray and it looks like she's standing and looking over that same bookshelf. Um, so, I mean, maybe it's her and she's just got gloves on, but also, I mean, you know, they could cut this up a, a million different ways. Um, I mean, maybe she goes and looks at it for the first time and then Luke comes in behind her um, and picks the book up or maybe... Yeah, I mean, it could be from two different scenes. I don't know. But um, either way, I think this just, you know, feeds even more into what we were just talking about as far as uh, just being excited to see Ray discover some of this stuff and um, delve into some new mysteries and mythology and, and history and, uh, you know, whatever uh, stuff we're going to get revealed here. Yeah, as we're talking about all this stuff and this moment in the movie, as far as the potential of learning some cool stuff about the forest, it made me think about... Uh, a shot that they said was shown during like one of uh, Disney's like investor meetings where they showed like the very first footage of the last Jedi and people were describing it where there was Ray being surrounded by like glowing lights. And mm. the first thing we thought of was the Yoda episodes in the Clone Wars with Qui-Gon guiding him through those lights. I was kind of, I mean, I kind of forgot about it, but now that we're talking about the sequence, I could see that totally playing out at this moment and inside that tree and then mm -hmm. just kind of realizing, man, that would have been cool to see in this trailer, especially if they showed it, you know, to in investors before, like 
it would seem like something that maybe they would have put in the trailer. And I'm thinking about it. Man, that would have been so cool to see in this trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe that is something that they want to save as a surprise for the rest of us going into the movie. Um, but yeah, I think that would still be really cool to see. And I definitely think uh, that is something that you know could happen here in this sequence, too. Um, and would just fit right into you know what we know about Octo so far. Yeah, man. Like I said before, this sequence, this could be one of the best moments of Star Wars <laughs> ever out of all the movies. If it's, you know, with anything with the Force has the potential to be some of the best Star Wars moments. And mm-hmm. this, you know, we're going to get that stuff in this movie and in particular, probably this sequence. And I just hopefully I'm not, you know, setting expectations way beyond high <laughs> about it being awesome. But I just can't help but think it is. I just don't think. We're going to be let down once we get to this part of the movie. I'm just super excited for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could say that about the whole movie in general. And uh, I'll yeah. kind of <laughs> save that for the end when we wrap up and share, you know, our final thoughts on the whole thing. But, um, you know, so after that, we get kind of the same shot we'd seen before with Ray and Luke, you know, standing out on the cliff on Octo. And this is like a super wide shot. And, you know, Ray just looks like a tiny silhouette. But you see her swinging the lightsaber around. Um, and then it cuts to a really cool shot where the camera is like low to the ground, looking up at her and she's just, you know, swinging the saber around. Like clearly she's going through a lot of lightsaber training here. Um, and Luke's wanting to make sure she really knows how to use this weapon. And again, I think this is something that is just really cool to see because I mean, we've never really seen this in a Star Wars movie before. You know, the closest thing we've ever gotten is seeing Luke like blocking blaster bolts on the Falcon. Yep. Um, and, you know, we've never really seen, uh, you know, in a, a canon story or especially in the movie, like seen a Jedi going through this kind of lightsaber training. Um, we did just see it in Forces of Destiny with uh, Ahsoka training with Yoda and Anakin, and that was pretty cool. But, um, you know, I think this is something that's going to be pretty cool to see. Probably something that the movie won't spend a whole lot of time dwelling on. But still, I mean, just the fact that we're going to see it just as part of her training and, you know, as part of this whole, um, you know, force stuff, I think is really cool. Um, and then, so, you know, there's that shot from underneath, uh, where she's swinging it around and then it looks like there's, you know, a big like rock sculpture kind of thing. I don't know if there's any significance to the way this thing is, uh, carved here. Um, but she's, you know, kind of swinging her lightsaber at it. And then there's a cool shot where like she's swinging the lightsaber right at the rock and then stops like, you know, inches from it. Um, and I think, you know, clearly Luke is teaching her control and not just aggression because he could be like, hey, just go destroy some stuff or, you know, cut this thing up. Um, mm-hmm. I think the fact that he's teaching her all these techniques and being like, hey, swing it around like you're fighting, but like don't hit the rock, um, I think is, you know, a really good way of, you know, kind of hearkening back to uh, Luke's own training with Yoda where he says, control, control, you must learn control. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that that's something that Luke would want to pass on to Ray. Yeah, totally. This is a, a cool little short like montage sequence of lightsaber training. Like I said, we never have seen that before in a Star Wars movie. We've gotten hints of it, but never actually, you know, full on training to use a lightsaber in this type of, you know, setting in a way that Ray's going to be doing it. And like I said, it's probably not going to be too long, but the fact that they're making a point to show a little bit of it, it'll probably just be enough to, you know, establish where she did, you know, get combat training with the lightsaber and it just makes me think and get excited for what's to come as far as future fights that we're going to see Ray in. Because as cool as her fight with Kylo Ren was in The Force Awakens and just how, you know, just what a raw battle it was. You know, there's not wasn't too much finesse in it. 
but mm-hmm. which was great. It made it a unique lightsaber fight and fit really well for the movie. But the fact that we could see, you know, a more polished finesse fighting style with Ray in future lightsaber combat, maybe a little akin more to the prequel style that we got, I think can be really cool too. It just an awesome way to show her progression as a lightsaber wielder. So mm-hmm. I think it's cool that uh, they're showing that, you know, part of her training is with the lightsaber. And who's going to complain about seeing the classic Skywalker lightsaber in action, whether it's in battle or in a training sequence? I mean, it's awesome. So yeah, <laughs> it's cool me. that we got it in this trailer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then we move on to some really cool stuff. Oh boy. You see this <laughs> shot of just the, you know, the ground or whatever. Um, you know, just this flat, rocky surface, and it just cracks. And you see the the camera kind of pans up, and you see Ray just sitting there meditating, and Luke looking down at the ground, like, "Holy crap!" Um, and clearly, you know, this is him kind of teaching Ray to, you know, just to sort of meditate and reach out with the Force. And I'm sure there's going to be some stuff about, you know, feeling it flowing around you, and you know, the energy field that connects all living things and you know all the stuff that luke learned from obi-wan and yoda in the original trilogy but then i mean i don't know if she's trying to do this or not but the fact that she's just sort of immersing herself in the force and kind of tapping into her power and can like crack the ground open without even trying like luke is clearly shocked here um and then we see a a shot that i think this was in the first uh teaser trailer that we got with ray touching the ground and there's a lot of little like shattered rock fragments and they all start uh levitating up in the air um and then just a close-up of her face you know as she's meditating and clearly just sort of trying to um you know concentrate and harness this power and then we get a very interesting line from luke where he says i've seen this raw strength only once before and uh, we see kind of a flashback here of just like a pile of rubble and, you know, fire and splintered wood and stuff. And you see Luke's metal hand shooting up out of it. <laughs> and then a shot of Luke and R2 looking at, you know, what presumably is Luke's Jedi temple burning to the ground. And, uh, you know, he says, I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. And then we cut back to the present and it's, you know, Luke looking at Ray and standing outside what looks like maybe either a cave or maybe it's his house or whatever. And he says, uh, yeah, it didn't scare me enough then. It does now. And he like turns and walks away from her and you see her kind of hanging on the edge of this cliff just looking like really, you know, sort of dejected and like, oh, wait, no, where are you going? Like I traveled all this way and you're walking away. Um, And the camera is kind of zooming out a little bit. Like, man, this is getting deep. But I will say, I think this is big misdirection number two. Um, and I'll kind of oh, call, really? I, I'll kind of call these out as we go. Well, yeah, just in the fact that, well, and I think everything that's presented here is going to be as it goes in the movie. But a lot of, I, I'm seeing a lot of reactions from some people saying like, oh man, I don't like what the, the sequel trilogy is doing with the original trilogy characters. Like first they killed off Han and now it looks like they might kill off Leia and they're turning Luke into a pansy who's just, you know, going to be scared and run away. Like, I think this is still going to be fairly early on in the movie. 
again, just based on a lot of the stuff that we've heard in interviews and stuff and Mark Hamill talking about, you know, I mean, I can see now why he was kind of, you know, maybe disappointed or, or surprised at first when he first read the script and goes, you know, hey, I disagree with this. Like, this is not the Luke Skywalker that I envisioned. But he also talked about Luke going through a journey and how when you come back to this great hero, you know, 30 years later, like the movie wouldn't be that interesting if Luke was just like a force god who was, you know, super righteous and light side and okay, let's, you know, uh, start up the Jedi Order again and go fight the bad guys and was like super powerful because if he was going to do that, he wouldn't be in hiding in the first place. Like clearly Luke has some issues to work through and he's got some inner demons and he he's going to have a, a journey and a character arc. Um, in this story. And so I think this is sort of him hitting rock bottom, like early in his story arc, um, or at least, you know, sort of him and Ray hitting rock bottom in their relationship, or if nothing else, at least rock bottom for Ray, because again, she traveled all this way to find this guy and she wants to train as a Jedi and he's turning his back on her. But I don't think this is going to be a, the end of that, you know? So for people who yeah, are, totally. for people who are assuming like, oh, well, you know, Luke's just a wuss in this movie. Um, like, no, clearly this is the starting point and they grow from here. Um, so that's why I'm saying this is a, a misdirection, sort of not that it's lying to you or giving you false information, but just if you're drawing conclusions that this is indicative of how the entire movie's going to be, like, no, I think clearly if, you know, if they've put a good story together, like, it's going to evolve and grow from this point and take you to a point where Luke is finally going to, like, turn it around, um, which I think is really cool, but... Um, again, that was just kind of my response to some of those negative comments that I had seen out there. But, um, yeah, for me, like I wasn't even thinking about that during this whole sequence because all the stuff you were saying, I totally agree with you. And just the fact that even Ryan Johnson and in interviews that he's given and Mark Hamill and Daisy Ridley, who's in the Vanity Fair articles, this is how, you know, first Ryan Johnson saying, you know, we're not going to make Luke a coward. There's a very, you know, solid reason why he why he exiled himself and then daisy ridley talking about how you know both luke and ray are gonna kind of help each other by the end of this thing to you know get him back to where they were and she like for her to help him get him back to where he was so i'm like totally not even worrying about you know luke at by the end of the movie being someone totally different and you know people were still worried about him going to the dark side i don't think that's going to be the case but this moment here in the trailer going back to where that we see that crack in the ground and that expression on Luke's face. This was probably the second wow moment for me. And just that moment of awesomeness mm -hmm. just seeing Ray's force power on display and seeing the reaction that Luke had. Like I was not expecting that because we hold Luke in such high regard as a Jedi. And, you know, we don't know how we haven't seen him as far as like how far he's progressed since he turned into the Jedi, but it's safe to assume that he's become one of the best Jedi ever. I would think is just to build it back up or at least try to. And the legacy that he left in the legend that was built, even Ray knows about it, you know, thinking that he was just a myth and just seeing this character that we've known and loved for pretty much our whole lives have that look of shock on his face with mm -hmm. some power that he's never, or I should correct myself that he's seen only once before. And now we've seen it again, but to see him be that shocked about like with the force is really cool because, you know, it's not the first time we've seen Luke shocked. <laughs> we all know the biggest shock of his life that he got <laughs> when Darth yeah. Vader revealed to be his father. But in regards to the force, I just think it was a really cool moment to see him look that surprised about another force user. I just think is really cool. And then just how, calm ray is and he's, like you said she's just meditating there maybe not even realizing what she's doing and just the power that she has and i just love the contrast between them here in the shot 
the sh- the look of surprise and shock and concern on Luke's face here, but, but Ray right next to him is just all calm and peaceful, just meditating and trying to you know be one with the Force. I just absolutely love that whole moment of seeing the ground crack and then get to that shot of Luke and Ray. I just thought it was really really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh. Man, I'm already starting to go off with some wild theories in my head as far as <laughs> what this means. And it's Luke's dialogue where he says, I've seen this kind of power only once before. Yeah. And it didn't scare me enough then, and it does now. And I think I think there's really going to be some kind of connection between Rey and Kylo here. And a n- not necessarily a family connection, but a, a duality in terms of, um, you know, they really are the next generation of you know sort of the main characters of this saga and as far as you know the the force sensitive uh characters you know jedi sith what have you um and they're really like the only two left in the galaxy i mean you have luke and you have snoke who are sort of the older mentors to both and then uh ray and and ben solo really sort of represent the next generation of the light side and the dark side and so suddenly this theory that we've probably talked about before and uh you know, is not totally new, but I'm looking at it in a new light and it's almost making more sense to me. The, the fact that maybe Ray isn't related to anybody, uh, Skywalker, Kenobi, Solo, what have you, but maybe, you know, maybe this is going to come back to that prophecy of the chosen one that, because we know that Kylo Ren is like 10 years older than Ray. Um, I mean, according to like the visual dictionary for the force awakens in that movie, he's 29, she's 19. So maybe, you know, around the time that Ben Solo is 10 years old and he, and they really start figuring out like, man, this kid has some serious force potential and Luke takes him under his wing and is going to train him as a Jedi. But maybe that's the same time that Snoke from wherever he is first kind of gets him in his sights and goes, you know what? I'm going to take this kid one day and I'm going to turn him against his family and against Luke and against the Jedi. And, you know, he's going to be sort of my weapon to, to bring the first order to bear against the galaxy. And maybe the force itself goes, okay, time to create a new chosen one because things are about to get thrown the heck out of balance. Um, so I, that, uh, I don't know that I would say that's what I'm leaning towards right now, but I, I'm kind of thinking that would be cool. No, yeah, I mean, that's just one of the many possibilities that I wouldn't mind seeing as far as, you know, race history being another chosen one. Not cause I've seen people say, oh, like she could be the reincarnation of Anakin. It's like, no, I don't I don't want that. I don't buy into that because but yeah. there could be another chosen one. Like I said, the force reacting to something that's going on and feeling it's time to have another chosen one to, you know, counter what's going to happen with Kylo Ren, which could be, you know, disrupt the balance, like you said, and there needs to be balance in the force. So I could, I could get behind that. That's something we've speculated on before. And I've said this before on podcasts a while back too, where, you know, what if the force is just, you know, in a, in a weird way, like tired of the Skywalkers messing up (laughs) (laughs) Anakin at first. And then uh, Kylo Ren. So uh, Luke, you know, he tried, but didn't necessarily bring, uh, the order back like he intended to so maybe they kind of it kind of felt it's time to you know start again with some someone new that's not a stu- not tied to the skywalker bloodline so again you anyone who's listened to bats podcast know that i'm fully on board in the ray skywalker camp that's what i'm really hoping for but at the same time too i'm not going to be opposed to something different that just 
a really cool idea for the story too. So, and I think that could be a cool one too, as a kind of a new way to start. If they really are going to close the book on the Skywalkers with this trilogy, then it would make sense to have, you know, start anew with a new uh, chosen one for lack of better words through Ray. So I think that is interesting. But when I, for me personally, when I watched the trailer for the first time and I heard this dialogue from Luke, yeah, that kind of leaned me towards her more being maybe possibly related in the Skywalker bloodline. Just to the fact, you know, as Luke said, he only saw this, you know, raw strength once before. And it's, I guess we assume he's referring to Kylo. And I believe that's the case. Cause I've heard some speculation out there, but what if he's referring to, you know, a Vader or something else he encountered. But when he says, uh, he only seen it once before that just makes me believe it's Kylo Ren. Oh yeah. Uh, well, and, and what he experienced. Yeah. Especially the temple. Yeah. Yeah. When he says not just that he's only seen it once before, but when he says it didn't scare me enough, then it does. Yeah. Now. I think he's talking about the fact that he realized that Kylo had a lot of raw power and also probably even, you know, some dark tendencies. And he thought, you know what? I can rein this in. Um, you know, th this kid might be a little dangerous or this might be a little risky, but I can handle it. I can train him. And it didn't scare him as much as, you know, now looking back in retrospect, he thinks it should have. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then as, I don't know, as far as her being related to him though, I'm like, if he had seen this power before and he's saying, you know, it didn't scare him then it scares him now, but like if there was anything that was going to convince you to try again, wouldn't it be trying to harness that power within your own daughter as opposed to your nephew? See, but that's the thing, like whether, you know, she's his daughter or her niece or his niece. Like what if, I'm still not ruling out that, you know, her and Kylo Ren could be brother and sister. I think that could be <laughs> worked out yeah, in a possibly. way. Possibly. Not to go down that rabbit hole, but just the fact that, you know, it's someone in the family again that is showing off this raw power that would be, I think be a reason for him, you know, to be more cautious or not have her train it because not just going looking back at his mistakes with Kylo Ren, but he can go back even further with Anakin. He didn't see it, but he knows what happens to Anakin. He fell to the dark side twice. Now that's happened to the Skywalkers and that could cause him reason not to continue this training with Ray because of that, knowing if she does have that bloodline. So as I watched it, that was the thought that came to my head as far as because that's again the beauty of this trailer. There's so many different ways you can take it. Because uh -huh. I know others who were kind of took it the other way, almost kind of what you were saying, where it leads to not her being related. But I took it in the other direction, and I think that can make you know a uh, pretty logical way for re or enough reason for Luke not to do that because he's seen his bloodline and his family do cause so much destruction <laughs> throughout the galaxy when they display this raw power. That's true. Um... And, oh, man, even going back to the theory about, like, her being related to him but not being his daughter, like, if she is actually a solo, see, the only thing I could see there is, like, because I, th I still think it would be weird to find out that she's actually, um, like, Han and Leia's daughter and that Han knew about that and just didn't say anything about it in The Force Awakens. But, like, what if... And this is a bit of a stretch because, especially because of the timeline of things, because I'm assuming that Kylo Ren was a little bit older, like probably at least a teenager when he actually went to the dark side and, and betrayed Luke and killed all the Jedi and stuff. Um, but, you know, going back to that theory about Rey being the chosen one, like what if after Han and Leia broke up, then 
Leia got pregnant again, just sort of the same way that Shmi Skywalker did, like just mm -hmm. the, you know, the child being conceived by the force. And that was sort of her vessel or, or the forces, you know, vessel for delivering the chosen one. And, you know, sort of having, again, sort of that yin and yang, the, those sort of, um, the next generation champions, if you will, of the light side and the dark side still being within the Skywalker family. Um, but I mean, I got the impression from the force awakens that Han and Leia were still together, probably up until the point that Kylo Ren really turned to the dark side. Um, I mean, whether or not they were like still married at that point, I mean, it seems like that was really what sort of drove the final wedge between them. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that he would have been that young for it to be like at the same time that Ray was conceived. So, um, Man, yeah, I don't know. Lots of, you know, again, like you said, just tons of different ways you can you can interpret that. Um, of course, the scene isn't even really hinting at anything uh, I know. <laughs> relating to Ray's parentage, but we're just kind of taking that and extrapolating it and, uh, you know, going way down the rabbit hole here. So we do best. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But before we move off that shot of Luke saying that line of dialogue, uh, you notice that, like, logo or almost like a sewer top in the background there kind of wanted to get your take of what you think that is if it anything because i was looking at it, i was thinking oh is that maybe possibly the jedi logo you know symbol engraved on this thing there that whether it's luke's living quarters or not but it seems to be you know something unique about it where it's just not part of the normal you know cave or rocky terrain there yeah i don't know i mean it definitely doesn't look like the jedi order logo yeah. um could be a map or something oh, that's I mean, a good point yeah. yeah i don't know um but like you said i mean it, it does look like it's in some kind of cave or either that or like in a little hut or something that luke lives in so maybe there is some significance to that um and again whether or not they actually sort of draw attention to it and it has <clears throat> significance in the story i don't know but it definitely doesn't look like just some random rocks on the ground that just exactly happen to look like something but i like um, your idea of it being a path i could make total sense you know because we know uh, looks like ray's going to go to a lot of different parts of octo so it would make sense to have a map to you know where certain locations are at on the planet mm -hmm. and you know one other thing i wanted to mention before we move off of this point is uh the flashback that we see here with oh, yeah. uh, with luke and r2 you know watching the temple burning and i thought it was really interesting this shot of the first shot that you see with just like the burning rubble and luke's hand kind of shooting out of it I always assumed, and I don't know if we got information that made me think this or that maybe it was just, you know, the, the way that I sort of built it up in my own head. Um, and maybe it's just from the fact that, you know, we see these images. I think we'd seen the shot before of just, you know, just the shot of Luke and R2 looking at the temple burning. Um, like, I got the impression that he wasn't there for that. You know, yeah. that that he had been off somewhere else and came back to find that, you know, while he was gone, that Kylo had turned against him and, and murdered everybody and burned the temple down. But now this is looking like he was actually there for it. Um, and I mean, man, that kind of paints this thing in a whole new light because that either means, I mean, A, I mean, Luke maybe could have been caught off guard or I don't know if like Snoke was there with Kylo or if he had like the Knights of Ren with him or something. Well, I guess he would have had the Knights of Ren with him because we saw that in the flashback from The Force Awakens. Um, but, you know, I mean, I mean, sort of stabbing Luke in the back while he's away and uh, destroying everything that he built up without 
him being able to be there to stop it is totally different from like getting the jump on Luke and burying him in rubble and having him be like the only one that survives while you slaughter all his students and burn his temple down. So, um, I mean, who knows, maybe Kylo Ren is more powerful than we thought, or maybe he, you know, maybe Luke was just totally blindsided and didn't see this coming, but, um, I, I hope we get to see more of that. I don't know if, and this is again, probably one of those force vision kind of things. Um, you know, as opposed to just like a straight up flashback sequence, but this is one thing that I'm really intrigued to kind of get the whole story on, like what exactly happened in between six and seven with regards to Luke and Ben and his training and um, how this all fell apart. Yeah, so glad you went back to that because I would be kicking myself if I forgot to mention how awesome a moment it was, or I shouldn't say awesome because it sucks for Luke, but just this is another one of those wow moments in yeah. the trailer for me because I was not expecting, you know, to see Luke's robotic hand pop out of that rubble of wood there. And I totally agree with what you were saying there. I thought the same thing where Luke like came back to his temple and saw all, all destroyed and ruined, just like Yoda and Obi-Wan did in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's there when it all happened and just how much, you know, damage he got from it. I mean, just look at that pile of rubble <laughs> that he's trapped under with, with fire going around there. I mean, that's going to be one of his more traumatic experiences, I would imagine, and knowing that it's done by his nephew. So you're totally right where it just paints it. That whole part of what happened to Luke and Kylo Ren in a whole nother frame, just that Luke was there and just was, you know, taken down so badly. I just thought it was a very surprising moment. And just striking, too, visually, just seeing that hand come up mm-hmm. out of that rubble. I thought it was, just, you know, another great shot in this trailer that I was not expecting to see, but it was one of the more awesome ones. And <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, too, where as far as how the sequence is going to play out, whether it's going to be in a Force vision, kind of, you know, what Rey experienced in The Force Awakens. But I'm kind of hoping it's a traditional flashback where Luke is telling the story to her and we maybe hear some narration and then we see what's going on here. Because I think I want to see that in a Star Wars movie. We didn't haven't really ever gotten that before. And we kind of thought we might have happened in The Force Awakens. But what we got was Rey's Force vision, which was still cool. So I'm not going to complain about that. But if we got kind of more of a traditional flashback with some narration by Luke going on explaining what exactly happened, I would love to see that. So hopefully that would be the case. Mm-hmm. Well, see, one thing I think also could be cool, maybe, you know, after the scene with uh, Luke sort of turning his back on Ray when he says, I've seen this power before and, you know, it didn't scare me then, it scares me now. And he just kind of walks away and maybe she's like, well, you know what? Fine, screw you. Like, I'm going to go explore this island. I'm going to find some Jedi knowledge on my own and wanders into another you know Dagobah cave sort of thing has this vision and sees what Luke tried to do with the Jedi Order Ah. before (laughs) and sees it all fall apart and Kylo Ren betraying him and everything and gets sort of the whole like we kind of get that whole story as the audience through you know Rey getting that vision through the force and then she comes back to him a little bit more sympathetic and says like okay, I had this vision, I see what's going on now and I can understand like what you're afraid of and why you don't want to train me. But like, look, I'm, I fought this guy once and won, but like, I really need your help to kind of harness this power and continue this fight. Yeah, that'd be another really cool way. That could be the moment, you know, where they come to that understanding and, you know, they both come to terms as far as, you know, Luke accepting her and uh, to train her and, you know, to see how, what he can do and maybe make up for, you know, 
not being able to save Kylo Ren or Ben Solo, I should say, from falling to the dark side and causing this destruction. So maybe that could be the moment, like you said, that brings them together and they come to that understanding and it sets off what will be her training under Luke. So, yeah, that'd be a cool way, too. So just another part of the movie that could, you know, go in different ways, but it could be cool either way as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, but either way, definitely one of the things I'm most looking forward to seeing in the movie, which, I mean, that list is Man, getting pretty darn long. But Like, seriously, this whole movie could just be on Octo, and <laughs> it would be awesome. Dude, but... I've been saying that from the beginning. Like, yeah. I could have a two-hour movie about Luke training Ray and learning more about the Force and history and backstory and stuff about all these events that went down, and I would be perfectly happy with that. But... Um, Man, yeah, let's keep moving here. So we got past the Ray and Luke section. And now we get to some really interesting stuff with Kylo Ren. Um, and some kind of sad stuff if you're if you're a big fan of Kylo Ren and especially that mask like I am. But uh That know, is so, a really awesome shot though of just Kylo Ren's mask. Yeah. Cool and it looks like he's in some kind of elevator, like turbo lift kind of thing, and it's just a close up of his mask as you see kind of these gates going up in front of him and then like parting away. Um, and then you see him just by himself in this chamber um, with, you know, sort of those thin white rounded lights in the background that you see on the interior of every like Imperial Star Destroyer and whatever. <clears throat> and he's standing there holding his helmet, just looking down at it, you know, by himself in this small like enclosed space. And then it cuts to a close up of his face and we see just his eyes and then. Um, but you can also see the scar that he got from Ray um, in their fight in The Force Awakens. And there's the bottom part of it is is got like this kind of silver mesh thing over it. And at first I thought that maybe he had gotten some kind of cybernetic implant uh, where that scar was. But then, um, you know, after watching the trailer a couple more times, I think that's just some kind of like bandage because you see him without it towards the end of the trailer. First order band-aids. So I know what those look like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to call that back to tape. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and so we see just his face and then it cuts back to him standing in that chamber. And in what looks like a fit of rage, he smashes the helmet against the wall. And uh, I'm going to assume that leads to, you know, what we saw from the first trailer of, uh, you know, just that smashed helmet on the ground. Um, but... Oh, man. And I'll talk about this some more as we get to some of these next few shots. But I love what they're doing with Kylo Ren as a villain. Um, even with, you know, in The Force Awakens, when he killed Han Solo, I think to a lot of people that sort of symbolized like, okay, I know there was sort of some stuff in the movie as far as him being conflicted and going back and forth. And he used to be a good guy. And like, is there still some of that within him? And now that he's killed his own father, like that makes him irredeemable. He's crossed the threshold. But even just from what we see in this trailer, I think there's still going to be a lot more complexity to him than that. Um, obviously, he's struggling with something here. I mean, this looks like a very internal kind of thing, whether it's his own failure, um, you know, failing to defeat Rey, or whether it's, I mean, maybe he's angry at himself for killing his father. Maybe he's angry that that didn't bring him sort of the closure or the... Uh, satisfaction or the power or whatever that he thought it would but he's clearly still struggling with a lot of inner demons here um, and I think you know almost looking at this helmet as like something that that represents a part of him that he doesn't like and you know and smashes it 
Um, or maybe it is, you know, about his failure or whatever, and he wants to just sort of move on from that. Um, I mean, I think just the fact that he's destroying this helmet and that we see so much more of his face now, and the fact that he's, you know, got this scar and he's not trying to, like, wear his helmet to hide that, but he's like, you know what, this is who I am now, um, I think is almost sort of him turning a page in terms of his identity. Um, and so it'll be really interesting, I think, to see where they go with that. Yeah, I mean, this just raises the question, well, why is he breaking his mask like what's going through his head at this moment what's the reason like like you said it could be a bunch of different stuff you know not you know being satisfied with after killing han being fully embraced in the dark side or him losing the battle with ray i'm just really curious to see what sets him off in this moment to break his helmet and one thing i was thinking of too as he you know smashed it against the wall was is does it signify kind of him moving on from his obsession with vader and because we know, as we saw in The Force Awakens, you know, the classic line, I'll finish what you started and his mask even or helmet being modeled after Darth Vader's having that feel and look to it. Is he this signify him moving on to that? Is he not you know, going to be so obsessed with being like his grandfather and, you know, trying to finish what he started? So just another moment that's raising questions as far as where Kylo Ren's at at this point in the film. And I think it's safe to assume it's going to be pretty early on, because like you said, there's a lot of moments that i guess we just can only assume right now that are going to take place later in the movie where he does not have that mask on at all mm -hmm. and just again like what sets him off in this particular moment because yeah it kind of shows like he's going down an elevator somewhere what can he possibly be thinking about and what triggers that happen because i would think it's a pretty big moment for him to smash that helmet that which has been you know his face and identity probably for a long time and to move on for that i would think it'd have to be something pretty big so yeah, it's going to be just another one of those moments where it should be pretty interesting to find out what sets them off here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, I mean, I think part of it ties into, um, you know, his dialogue here. Um, and I'll just start with the first part. He says, let the past die. And um, yeah, I think clearly that's part of what he's doing here. I think it symbolizes him moving on from something. And whether it's like you were talking about, maybe getting over his obsession with Vader and wanting to sort of sort of step out of that shadow and become his own person, his own villain, you know, whatever. Um, whether it's trying to move on from his family ties and get over his, you know, obsession with, like, maybe he's still being sort of haunted by the ghost of Han Solo. You know, I mean, metaphorically, obviously, I don't think Han's coming back as a force ghost or anything. But Brian Johnson um, even said that, too, those exact words, the ghost of Han Solo. So, yeah. Like, his presence is going to be there. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's just his attempt to try to get over that and, you know, sort of move on from that chapter of his life, or maybe it's the good part of him hating that that's the guy that killed his father or, you know, I don't know. Like I, I really want to sort of get more inside his head and figure out what's going on here. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, sort of a, a drastic step for the character. And I think it's just going to continue with him being, you know, definitely one of the most, uh, complex and sort of troubled um you know and, and multifaceted uh star wars villains that we've had to this point um so you see him smash the helmet and then we get to one of the just, i mean the the thing that's got everybody talking about this trailer um we see a space battle going on and uh, it looks like maybe some some uh resistance ships you know maybe fleeing from a battle as they're losing or something like that 
Um, and you, we see that tie silencer in action. Again, I wish I had like a checklist of all the stuff we mentioned in our last episode that we wanted to see in this trailer. Uh-huh. And we got so much of it. Um, yeah, and seeing this tie silencer in action, I mean, we got kind of more of that than I thought we would, but it did not disappoint at all. This thing looks nope. just so <laughs> freaking cool. Um, so you see the TIE Silencer flying towards this resistance cruiser. We see Kylo in the cockpit. We see, you know, some explosions going off and him just pulling this cool, you know, spiral move as he's spinning and flying and firing his lasers and, um, you know, definitely living up to that, uh, you know, legacy of, I mean, he's Anakin Skywalker's grandson in all the ways that you would expect, not just the raw force power and the dark tendencies, but it looks like he's going to be one heck of a pilot too, uh, flying one heck of a cool ship. Cause this thing, I mean, man, like I want to play as this in battlefront. Now that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. This is a really cool moment in the trailer. Just another one, <laughs> like you said, seeing the tie silencer, uh, I know that was hoping you were, uh, you were hoping to see in the trailer. It, did not disappoint like you said because just seeing kylo ren flying it and we talked about this on past episodes too where you know when you think about it the son of han solo and the grandson of anakin skywalker it'd be such a shame not to see him piloting a ship mm-hmm. <laughs> in one of these movies and looks like you, you said it all really i mean there's not too much for me to add with it because he is living up to that legacy of how great of a pilot he should be when he, you know, has that family history with Han Solo and Anakin Skywalker. And I'm kind of hoping this is just a tease of what we can see him as a pilot, because it looks awesome enough already, just him, you know, spinning in that TIE silencer, and just, you know, I assume just wrecking resistance ships and cruisers. So I, mm-hmm. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg to what we see, for what we can't expect to see Kylo Ren doing as a pilot. Yeah. This is a really cool moment in the trailer. Yeah, definitely. And then you see him continue on, um he's flying like through i mean it looks like the interior of a resist of that same resistance cruiser you know it's almost got like a tunnel or something inside with hangar bays and stuff and he's flying through there and then we cut to a shot of leia on the bridge clearly looking troubled and then cut back to a close-up of kylo's face in the cockpit of the tie fighter um and meanwhile you know as the the dialogue in the background of all this um, again, he says, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. That's the only way to become who you were meant to be. And um, then, you know, we see him looking forward, cuts back to Leia again. And you can see the targeting computer on his ship. And he's he's targeting the bridge of this Resistance cruiser. I mean, it looks like clearly the, the Resistance is trying to flee. The First Order's got him on the ropes. And Kylo is in prime position to, you know, just wipe out the bridge on this ship and he's got a targeting lock on it you see his thumb hovering over the trigger and just the look on his face and then it cuts to leia again almost you know you can see just with with her eyes and almost like she's reaching out through the force like begging him not to do it um but almost you know similar to the way that han kind of approached it in the force awakens i mean she's not like begging for her life but more you know she's concerned for her son she's like no don't do this like you know she just doesn't want to see him fall apart but the i mean the just the the look on his face 
tells me like I don't think we're done with his story arc yet. Um, because first of all, and this is misdirection number three, <laughs> if he was actually going to press that button and, and pull the trigger and fire on that bridge and kill Leia, I don't think that's going to happen anyways. Um, and I think this is also something from kind of earlier on in the movie. Um, but like, man, just the look on his face is like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, like, and I think obviously there's something special about that mother-son relationship. It's like, yeah, you could harbor all this anger against your dad for, you know, not being there, not raising you right, whatever. Um, and, you know, we already saw him take his dad out. But to, you know, to then kill his mother too, like the woman that brought you into the world, like, I I don't think he can do it. Um, if anything, I mean, I'm assuming he's probably already destroyed the helmet by this point just because he's yeah, not wearing so it here but i also i mean i could almost see this being the thing that like he goes he he flies away and everybody's like hey what the heck why didn't you pull the trigger and he goes back to the ship and uh, smashes the helmet and he's angry that he's like why am i still feeling this like i'm supposed to be this powerful dark side warrior snoke trust me like i want to be able to kill my family and just move on from this and and be a bad guy like and just you know smashing it out of frustration like why am i still feeling these things like why is the light side still pulling at me yeah i was just, you know i was saying you know i think this is after he destroys his helmet but what you just said right there makes much more sense to me <laughs> now i think that could actually be a really good reason why he would destroy that helmet so we'll see if it plays out that way but this whole sequence in the trailer probably my favorite of the whole trailer not necessarily my favorite shot we'll get to that later but <laughs> my favorite sequence in the trailer was this moment it, it was just so so well done i mean just even the trailer and i can't wait to see it actually fully unfold in the movie it's just going to be one really emotional moment and like you said if kylo ren thought you know he purged the light side out of him and it would just fall on dark side now he was sadly mistaken because we could obviously see the conflict and struggle is still there mm -hmm. and i just you know, I said before, I don't want to see Kylo Ren redeemed because it would kind of be a repeat of Anakin being redeemed and just kind of see him be a full-on bad guy. But at the same time, too, this it makes sense also where he's not fully uh, fully a bad guy and fully embraced the dark side just yet. And kind of what you alluded to, he talked bad about Han Solo throughout the course of The Force Awakens, but he never said anything bad about Leia. So... I tend to believe that he doesn't harbor the same resentment or hatred he did for Han Solo mm -hmm. like he does for Leia, and, you know, and he just obviously, obviously is still having struggle where he can't pull that trigger and just how I think it's showing off the direction of Ryan Johnson and just the performance from Adam Driver and Carrie Fisher here is just going to make for a really powerful moment. Adam Driver does such a great job showing that emotion, emotion tearing up as he's struggling to pull that trigger or not. And then, Carrie Fisher, I mean, that just adds to the emotion of it, too. I mean, bringing it into the real world, knowing that she's gone and but mm -hmm. she's having this real impactful emotional moment with her son in the movie. It's just going to add to it, I think, once we all see it. And it's just a really great, greatly shot and edited for the trailer. I'm sure it'll be the same in the movie, how it goes back and forth with her look and, you know, connecting with him in the force at this moment. And it makes me think and wonder, too, where... It's almost like who reached out first. I kind of the way I'm playing thinking it plays out where maybe Kylo Ren 
doesn't know she's on that resistance cruiser yet. He has a mm-hmm. lock on it, but Leia can sense him. And not necessarily where she reaches out to him and tells him, you know, to stop, don't do this, but just she just makes it known that she's there and and that he can tell that she's on that ship. And maybe she's going to have, this is the one last chance to have faith in her son that he won't do this and take out her as well as he did Han. So maybe she will say something, maybe she won't, but I think it will be more powerful if she just doesn't say anything. Kind of like how she sensed when Han died. She just knows Kylo Ren's there. She's going to reach out with the Force. He can sense her, and that's going to be enough for him to not destroy that ship with her on it. I like the idea of her still having that faith that her son will do the right thing, at least in this moment in time right here. And then I didn't even think about it when I saw it, but now I love the idea of what you're saying of how he go, he doesn't take the shot. He flies away. And then that's what makes him destroy the Hellman's total frustration. So this can be another, one of the best moments I think in the movie. And it's just being teased here in the trailer for a little bit. I just, again, can't wait to see it all play out. This, and these little quick shots that we got, we're just seeing some really great Star Wars stuff here around the emotional side of things. And I'm already going to tip my hat off to everyone involved with Ryan Johnson, Adam Driver, Carrie Fisher. And I just can't imagine what uh, emotional music John Williams is going to put here. Oh, so my gosh. It could just make it even that much more better. So I just can't wait to see. <laughs> You're right. The list is getting longer and longer of awesome moments. We just can't wait to see. And this one's up there now. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you mentioned the music. Like, I have no idea what it's going to sound like when we actually see the movie, like with the the John Williams score in there. But the music throughout this whole trailer was fantastic. Yeah. Um, the kind of rearranged version of the Jedi steps I thought was worked or worked really well in this trailer. It mm-hmm. sounded great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's basically you know it reuses a lot of the similar character themes and. I mean, you can kind of break this trailer up into sections based on, like, what characters and storylines it's focusing on, um, and the music kind of changes to fit each of those sections, but it's just kind of reworked, you know, versions of, like, the soundtracks that we've heard before. Obviously, like, this isn't the John Williams music from the final movie. I think, you know, they always get people to just compose music just for these trailers to um, really sort of maximize the emotional impact that those have. Um, But I think they knocked it out of the park with this one. And, I mean, also, like you were saying, just... I mean, if this movie is, or if this trailer is any indication, this is, movie is going to have some of the best um, performances and direction of any Star Wars movie that we've seen so far. I mean, just, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher and Adam Driver's faces here as they're obviously sort of connecting through the Force, um, you know, whether they're communicating telepathically or whether it's just the, each of them sensing sort of the other's presence and, and motivations and whatnot. Um I mean, they're both just playing it off perfectly. Um, and as far as what you were saying with, you know, Kylo Ren being redeemed, like, yeah, I, I still think that would be cool to see. I'm not necessarily predicting that it's going to happen. Like, I don't know the way that they're going to go with this and, and what uh, sort of his end goal or the, the end of his journey is going to be. But um, I think that door is definitely still at least cracked open. Um, for him to be redeemed and I don't think it would be too much of a retread of what happened with Vader because Vader was by the time he got redeemed he was more or less at the end of his life I mean he was still you know if you look at the timeline he was only like in his 40s um, 40s or 50s I think but still like I mean he had had his time as a Jedi and then he had this reign of terror as this Dark Lord of the Sith and he was the main villain throughout 
the entire trilogy that then at the end you find out oh there's still you know some shred of good in him but the dark side had done so much damage to him you had he had the suit and he had the mechanical limbs and stuff like there was no going back from that um you know really the only way for him to redeem himself was to sacrifice himself and pave the way for luke to carry on and i think it would be really cool and really different to see a villain like kylo ren be redeemed while he's still in his prime and could become a force for good in the galaxy um now, at the same time, you could still say he's got too much baggage or, you know, sort of has done too much damage to be fully redeemed or, you know, even if he could fully, you know, be redeemed in his heart and, you know, turn himself around as far as his motivations and whatnot, like it would obviously still be hard for people to trust him and to accept him as one of the good guys now. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's a lot of wiggle room for them to play with there. Um, I think a lot of possibilities. It could even go you know maybe we do see him fire on the bridge but he kind of holds back like maybe he intentionally uh doesn't score a direct hit or maybe he hits it once but doesn't keep firing and maybe leia gets injured but like he doesn't kill her um or maybe he tries to kill her and she just manages to survive like maybe this is the moment where they really do show how far he's gone um or maybe they just show that like he's gone he's on the dark side like he pulled the trigger but we see that, you know, because he hesitated or because he, you know, maybe didn't finish her off, like that maybe, um, like, okay, we're just establishing that he's evil. He's the villain, but he's still, you know, he's, he's got weaknesses or he's got a soft spot. Um, and he might not be 100% committed to that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Um, but also, like I said, this is, you know, I've seen some people saying like, oh my gosh, they better not kill off Carrie Fisher. Like, you know, he better not pull that trigger. He better not kill her. They're not like if, if he was actually going to, they wouldn't be showing this in the trailer. Yeah. You know, like, and first of all, like I said, I think this is pretty early in the movie. Um, I think they're probably setting up some, some additional conflict for later on. Um, also I, I do think that the space battle is going to be pretty early in the movie. Um, I think this is going to be sort of the Empire Strikes Back, like Battle of Hoth moment where they have the big battle at the beginning and the resistance gets routed and has to flee and they find a new base that, you know, then is exactly. where the Battle of uh, Crate takes place later. Because also, um, actually, I think I heard somewhere that they were talking about like the, the uh, Last Jedi DLC for Battlefront. And we know that they're adding the Battle of Crate and they're adding like the Last Jedi outfits for Rey and Kylo Ren. But I thought I read somewhere that they were also going to include uh, like the Battle of Dakar as a space battle, um, which is the planet that the Resistance base is on. And so I'm like, oh, so the space battle that we see in the trailers is this like the, um, you know, is the, are they trying to defend their base that they were on in The Force Awakens, like in the uh, First Order's coming after them after they destroyed Starkiller Base? And I think that would make sense because, again, we know time-wise, like, this is taking place right after The Force Awakens. Um, yeah, and the First Order knew where they knew where they were at from the get-go before they even were attempt to oh, find Starkiller Base. So. Yeah, because they that was the planet they were targeting. So, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that would make a lot of sense. The First Order comes after them. They have a space battle. Uh, they get trounced and you know a few of their ships you know flee and and get away and this is uh you know kylo ren and his wingmen you know pursuing the uh the fleeing resistance here um and so you know again i i 
say like I think it's one of those misdirection things, but one that just doesn't really confirm it one way or the other. I'm not saying like, oh no, there's no way that they would kill off Leia or that you know Kylo Ren's gonna kill her or whatever. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't think that she's gonna die only because like, I mean, I still don't know how they're gonna work this whole Leia situation. Um, well, that's the big thing right there. We know she's not going to die because that was, wasn't the plan. And they were pretty much finished with what they had for The Last Jedi to, I think, rework it that much to kill her in this movie. So I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Well, right. But uh, see, I'm wondering if there's maybe some – and this is just you know one of many possibilities they could do. Like is there some moment at like near the end of the movie that um, you know maybe Leia's in a, a – tricky situation that you know it looks like she might die but she gets out of and they decided you know what let's like just have her die instead i mean i can't decide if that would just be like you know would that feel sort of like unceremoniously killing the character off you know would it feel like disrespectful to carrie fisher or something like i don't know and as i said time and time again i'm glad i'm not the one that has to make those decisions but either way i think this is early enough in the movie that it's definitely not going to happen here um and, you know, even if they were able to somehow, like, change that ending and make that happen, they wouldn't just be like, oh, let's just kill her off early in the movie and obviously get rid of all this other stuff that, you know, she had worked on and filmed for, you know, the whole rest of the movie. So um, I think this doesn't really definitively say one way or the other, like, what is going to happen to her character in the movie, but she's definitely not going out right here in this moment. Yeah, 100%. Um, so then, you know, we move on from that. And then we get... Like, my favorite words from any Star Wars movie, or in every Star Wars trailer now, when it says, this Christmas, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Somehow now I just associate those words with, like, really cool Star Wars trailers. Um, and that is so close to it, too, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, yeah, every year now it's, like, the best Christmas present you're going to get. Um, and then, man, we just get yet another visually stunning shot of the Millennium Falcon flying through these crystalline caves that i'm again assuming this is going to be like the interior of crate um just because you see a lot of red rocks and stuff um and so i don't know whether they're flying through like just some big caverns or whether this is like through the planet's core or something like that um but you see the millennium falcon flying through here getting chased by tie fighters and uh then we see chewy in the cockpit and he does his little roar and then the camera pans and you see there's a porg on the <laughs> dashboard of the cockpit next to him and the porg like flaps his little wings and lets out like a little squawk like he's mimicking Chewie's roar and uh I think that was probably by general consensus like people's other favorite moment of the trailer just because I don't know the internet has gone porg crazy yeah. um and I haven't quite caught on to the whole fever yet but I will not deny that this thing is absolutely adorable right here yeah, and this is something where I think is editing for the trailer. I don't know if that shot of Chewie and the Porg are in this instance where they're flying through the caves and crate, but part of me wants to think that's so because I like the idea of Chewie and Ray taking a Porg with them off of the Octo and someone keeping it around as like their pet, whether it's Ray or Chewie. I kind of think it'd be cool if it's Chewie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. I I think and maybe it's just me, but just I mean, this shot right here tells me like there's going to be kind of a dynamic just between Chewie and this Porg. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe it even like sneaks on board the Falcon instead of them like deciding to keep one as a pet. It could be like a little stowaway. But I think there's just a lot of room. I think there's a lot of room for, you know, some comedic gold there between, uh, you know, the big giant Chewie and this, you know, just lovable, adorable little fluffy 
foot tall penguin creature thing that i mean maybe he just totally takes them and loves them or maybe it like annoys the crap out of him but either way it's gonna be cute and hilarious yeah i can see something happening where chewie's annoyed with the porgs he's annoyed that maybe one did stow away on the falcon but a moment comes in, in the movie where it looks like the porg is going to get hurt or killed but the chewie comes to its rescue and saves it you know and totally seals the bond that they have <laughs> like mm-hmm. the porg being chewie's new friend that's a pet so i think it could be something that's pretty cool yeah and then also too what i was thinking of uh, seeing that sequence of the falcon fly through those caves that yeah you're right visually it looks awesome and another thing that makes this movie look unique which is cool but when i saw it i just thought well that's the new uh, section going into Star Tours this uh, this winter. <laughs> we're gonna oh, be flying. yeah. We're going to be seeing Crate with the walkers and then probably go into those caves. And who says, or I'm going to say it right here, the moment where a character talks to you through the screen, a porg's going to probably jump into the screen too and make some plot. <laughs> if this does indeed play out where the porg is with them in this sequence, <laughs> that could be something I could totally see them doing on Star Tours. Mm-hmm. But either yeah. way, it should make for a fun new addition to the ride because like you said that visually it looks awesome Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean again it's kind of one of those things where like you know it's a very familiar feeling kind of sequence as far as the millennium falcon flying through an enclosed space with tie fighters chasing it you know it's like the asteroid field and the death star 2 and uh the wreckage on jakku in the last movie but still I mean, it's it's a totally different and really cool looking environment just with these sort of red crystal caves. Um, and I'm loving just like the look of this movie so far, just like what we can see here, the cinematography, the landscapes, the I mean, it just has kind of a new feel to it. Um, totally. I mean, it definitely still feels like it's going to be like a, a very fluid continuation of the story. And I'm not saying it's like, oh, well, this is like jarringly different or anything. But, you know, when you compare it to The Force Awakens, where it seemed very sort of, um, I don't know, simple, I guess, in terms of just, I mean, you had your desert planet and your forest planet and your ice planet with Starkiller Base. And, you know, there were all very sort of familiar Star Wars locales from the original trilogy. Um, It's like, you know, Ryan Johnson just took it next level here. He's like, okay, let's do some new stuff and keep it, you know, still feeling like Star Wars and feel like a natural continuation of the story. But, um, I mean, I'm not talking about just the landscape of Crate, but even, you know, some of the shots of, like, the ships and the space battles and stuff. Um, I mean, you kind of get where I'm coming from. Like, it just, it looks yeah, and definitely. feels a little, it has a different look and feel to it, but I really like it. Yeah, that's what I want from these new Star Wars movies. I mean, that's what makes each episode in the Star Wars saga special, and of course, standalone mm-hmm. movies too, but that they each have their own unique feel, but it still feels like Star Wars. And when you think about certain things of it, like this visually, like loca- location details and planet environments, all that, you can think of that particular Star Wars movie. And I think you said it best, we're getting that with The Last Jedi, just some unique stuff where once you think about it, you know it's going to be distinctly fitting for that movie. And yeah, I'm just glad, you know, I, I hate to do this. I don't want to go back to the whole old Force Awakens just to retread and all that, blah, blah, blah. We said that so many times, but I just got to say it, it is refreshing to get that again in a new Star Wars movie where there's all this unique and cool new looking stuff. And it, it just takes me back to when I saw those prequel trailers and how every one of those showed off new locations, new ship designs and just unique stuff particular for that movie and i'm just glad that's returning now for the last jedi so yeah i totally get what you're saying and i totally agree with it mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and then we got another shot of, uh, you know, a space battle here. Um, and again, it kind of looks like some resistance ships like getting chased. Um, and actually, you know what? You can see in the distance this massive looking, you know, first order. Um, I don't know what you want to call this thing. I mean, it just looks like a huge flying fortress. I wouldn't even call it a Star Destroyer. Um, I mean, it looks almost like a uh, like a stealth bomber just in terms of like the, the shape and stuff of it. I mean, it's just very flat and triangular and, you know, it looks like it's not very long, but I mean, it's just massive in size. You know, you see all these fleeing resistance ships and this massive laser just comes and, you know, obliterates one of them. Yeah. Um, you see Poe Dameron looking out the window of another one. Um, and then, uh, I mean, you see some cool stuff with the resistance here and Poe's dialogue over it. Um, he says, we are the spark that will light the fire that'll burn the first order down. And, um, you know, you again, see him just kind of looking out the window, like, holy crap, that thing just took out one of our cruisers in one hit. And then we get one of my favorite shots of the trailer. Cause you know how much you guys know how much I love, you know, cool ship designs and X-wings and all that kind of stuff. You get Poe's X-wing, um, and showing off in action this thing that, uh, you know, we had just heard about, I think, you know, on the Star Wars show or something like that a couple weeks ago, um, where they talked about some upgrades and modifications he's made to it. He's got this big, like, afterburner rocket thing built onto the back of it. And it just lights up with this big, you know, blue flare. And his X-Wing just goes streaking off, uh, you know, into battle. And he's flying across the surface of this thing, lighting up TIE Fighters, doing what Poe does best. Um, man, can't wait to see that thing in action some more. Um, yeah, I'm just getting excited for the space battle in general because it's going to be, for what I'm taking, it's going to be another, going back to that whole uniqueness thing for each Star Wars movie, the escape space battle sequence with a fleet. I mean, we got the tiniest hints of it in The Empire Strikes Back as uh, the Rebel transport goes out of Hoth escorted by two x-wings but you know the mm -hmm. iron cannon disabled the star destroyer so it wasn't exactly a battle but you know just a massive space battle where an entire fleet is trying to escape and we know not all of them are going to make it as we see in some shots of this trailer so i think it could, could be for an awesome unique space battle that we haven't seen before but you know still you know have the awesome action that we expect to see in a star wars space battle so uh, getting excited about this sequence too and i agree it's probably going to be uh, the first big action sequence we're going to get in the movie, I would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, also interesting to note, I think some of these shots here are actually from two different sequences. Um, because at the beginning, when we were talking about the, the giant First Order ship, like blasting the Resistance cruisers and Poe kind of looking out the window, he's just wearing like his Resistance jacket here um, and not in his pilot uniform. And obviously he's not in his ship. So I don't know if he just happens to be like on a, civilian transport or something i mean i'm i'm assuming these are probably resistance ships but they're definitely like transport kind of things maybe this isn't actually part of that same space battle um i mean maybe this is just uh maybe this is more towards the middle of the movie maybe the resistance fleet is just like traveling to crate or you know looking for a uh, a new planet or something like that and then this um first order warship just comes out of nowhere and you know they kind of get ambushed by it and it's just taking them out um, yeah, or, I wonder if it's going to play out where um, they know the First Order is coming and they have to get out of Dakar or, you know, they know the First Order was targeting their planet anyway. So they're going to make 
their escape before the First Order even gets there, and they're thinking they're kind of in the clear, or the First Order is not onto them, but they soon realize that the force, the First Order does arrive maybe sooner than expected, and that's what causes this, because you're right, I, you would think that Poe Dameron would be, you know, in his X-Wing, escorting the transports if they probably realized, you know, the First Order was there and they had to make a quick escape, but the fact that he's on board already, it probably tends or makes me believe that, you know, they were thinking they were in the clear, and he would just be able to be a part of the, amongst the other resistance members as they're making their way to crate. Mm-hmm. But or it could also play out too where that's the case, and then uh, he just gets in his X-wing where it's being docked, and then he just you know maybe not in his X-wing suit, but he just throws his helmet on and continues his space battle. But possibly. Think that, but then there's also too that moment in the first teaser where we see him running in his X-wing flight suit and trying to make his way to the ship, but then the explosion happens. And then we see Captain Fathom and the stormtroopers enter. So that kind of goes into what you're saying, too, where there's probably two sequences that might be playing out where we're going to see maybe two space battles. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to complain about that either. <laughs> if we get one above the planet of Dakar and then the one above Crate, I mean, bring it on <laughs> if we get more than one. Yeah, for sure. Because also, um, I mean, when he's in, when you see the shot of the X Wing, like with the. Uh, the afterburner kicking in and he's flying towards the, the first order. And, and it looks like they've got a whole fleet here. Um, and it's hard to see exactly, but maybe, you know, some star destroyers and stuff and not just their big uh, flagship or whatever you want to call it. Um, but then you can also kind of see those rings of Dakar off in the background. Um, and then it cuts to like just a close up shot of, uh, you know, Poe's face in his pilot or in his helmet inside the cockpit. Um, but then the next shot, you see him flying over the surface of like this uh, Star Destroyer kind of thing. Um, and you can see what looks like the planet Dakar in the background. So I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume that the, you know, you see him in the space battle first and that that first battle takes place over Dakar. And then that second sequence um, actually maybe takes place like later on, just while the first order or while the resistance is kind of in transit from one place to the next. Um, actually, I'm going to look on StarWars.com here and see if they've got a data bank entry for that big ship. Because I know they've got... Th- so they've got one for the First Order Dreadnought. Um, and I think we talked about that on an episode like a couple yeah. weeks ago or something. Um, and I think that's actually what Poe is flying over um, in the sequence where you see you know him in his x-wing kind of flying over the surface of what looks kind of like a star destroyer but it's it's flat and i think you can even see that kind of off in the distance um when the the x-wing is taking off um but as far as that other ship yeah if we we back up to that first sequence i mean that looks like a, a bigger thing and i don't think it's the same one that's in that battle so maybe that thing doesn't come into play until later in the movie yeah that's possible too Maybe, you know, they're not bringing out their big guns <laughs> quite yet for the Battle of Dakar, but maybe once they get to crate, that's when they're going to, you know, if they got the ATM-6 walkers, and maybe they're going to bring even, you know, that bigger ship than that dreadnought that they have. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think that thing also is supposed to be, uh, like, Snoke's personal fortress, too, maybe. Um, just, I think, maybe from some of, like, the rumors we've heard and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see kind of how all that plays out and as far as timing and all that. But either way, cool to see Poe in action again in his X-Wing. Um, and, you know, we're always down for some awesome space battles. So this is looking pretty dang cool. And then we get to uh, talk about what I'm sure is your favorite moment from the whole trailer, Tim. Um, <laughs> man, yeah, we, we had 
heard about and speculated and hoped that we would get to finally see Captain Phasma in action. We see her standing in what looks like a, a hangar or something that has clearly been laid to waste. Um, and I'm guessing this is in a First Order ship because um, just sort of the architecture of it. And you can see kind of in the background something that kind of looks like the same interior of like the hangar that uh, Finn and uh, Poe stole the TIE Fighter from in The Force Awakens. Mm. Yeah. Um, but you see Phasma there with all this destruction around her pulling out this pole spear thing that, uh, you know, we'd seen those pictures of her with in the Vanity Fair. And uh, then we get Poe, or sorry, not Poe, Finn, in, uh, I think this is supposed to be a First Order officer uniform, because we know there's going to be stuff in the movie with him going undercover, um, him and Rose going undercover within the First Order. And uh, so again, I, that's another part of the reason why I think this is probably on a First Order ship, you know, this is probably still while Finn is on his undercover mission. Um, and, you know, obviously the climax of it, I'm sure, maybe he's, you know, he and Rose have just, uh, you know, sabotaged this thing and blown up the, the inside of this first order ship and while it's all crashing and burning phasma finally catches up with him she pulls out her spear he pulls out a stun baton like uh the stormtrooper had that he fought with the lightsaber in the force awakens and then you just get this epic shot of the two of them going at it finn you know mouth wide open like he's letting out this battle cry and swinging <laughs> the the stun baton at phasma she blocks it with the uh you know, with the spear and then, um, man, just this close up shot of that chrome helmet with the blue lightning reflecting off it. I'm like, holy crap. The shot to end all shots in trailers. <laughs> that one. Oh my goodness. This whole sequence. Wow. Yeah. This is what I've been waiting for. What I was hoping for. It's like almost a sense of relief in a way where, you know, it's, no, for sure, we're finally getting that Captain Phasma action sequence, and boy, it doesn't look like it's going to disappoint. I just hope it's not extremely short. I hope it's a good, good amount of time where we see her battle with Finn, and hopefully not the only one we see her in, too, because I know we've seen images and little shot of in the first teaser, you know, her and the Stormtroopers marching in, and she has her blaster, and she, her blaster is nowhere to be found in this one, where it looks like this is going to be her uh, melee combat battle. So I'm hoping she has one of that. And then one was her blaster. So if I get two cool Captain Phasma action sequences, man, that would just be like icing on the cake right there. But this whole sequence of the trailer, wow. I mean, I said it on our last episode, how I was hoping for a little hint of Captain Phasma in action. But uh, this one, they over-delivered, I got to say, in this trailer of showing this much footage of her in action. Because I just would have been happy with her, that first shot we got of her ex- uh, extending her spear out, which was an awesome shot, and then the explosion just goes off right behind her. That would have been enough to satisfy me to know that, okay, we're definitely going to see her in action, but nope, they showed more of it. It was Finn going after it. I just love that, uh, what Finn just yells as he's going, just goes like, come on! <laughs> as he's about to strike her. You know, something must have happened that just got him really pissed off here, and you know well, the history that they have. Yeah, so, well, I, I have a speculation there, um, I mean, if you think there's anything in particular that might get Finn even more pissed off, aside from, you know, the history that he already has with with Phasma, and we we know that he and Rose are on this mission together, and I don't see Rose. Ah, good point. Yeah, maybe Captain Phasma did something to Rose. Yeah, well, I could totally see that happening now that you mention it. 
But yeah, this plays off like that because Finn looks really, really upset. Not just because, you know, he sees Phasma there, but the, you're right. There is something more to that. And just the yell that he gives off too plays into that. So yeah, that could be something I could totally see happening. But uh, man, that shot of her, that close up of her helmet and seeing the reflection of the electricity. And you can even see uh, Finn in the reflection of her helmet. This uh-huh. shot is just amazing. When I saw it for the first time, I was like, oh man, I, like, I feel like I was spoiled <laughs> because this almost felt like they're answering my personal request here, <laughs> knowing how uh, disappointed I was with her showing in The Force Awakens and just being a big fan of the character and her awesome armor. And I got to say, too, after reading the novel, it just makes the sequence even more exciting for me because knowing the history that she has and the warrior that she was and came from on her home planet and what she did to get to this point and being a captain of the First Order, it just adds to that. And we know, too, that the spear that she has, I think, is from uh, the, her home planet and one of her first weapons that she used because they did mention in that Vanity Fair article that, you know, it holds significance to her history and where she came from. And while they didn't specifically say, you know, she held on to a weapon um, in the book, but I think you could, they made hints of it, you know, of her having a weapon like that where it would make sense for her to still have it and maybe even modify it a little bit once she got into the First Order. So, I like that idea of just having knowing more about the character through the book is just make me really excited about the sequence and knowing the character and where she came from and how, you know, well-trained she is as a warrior. I don't see how Finn is going to stand a chance in this battle because <laughs> she should take him out pretty easily knowing, you know, he got beaten by that stormtrooper and the force awakened. So he's not, shouldn't be up to Phasma's level at all. So I'm kind of wondering you know, the destruction going on in the background is going to play a factor into how she gets defeated. Maybe an explosion happens that it's like just at the right time before she takes down Finn. But I hope this isn't, you know, the last we see of her because if this is, well, kind of twofold. If it's going to be awesome, I want to see more of it. But just from this quick few shots we got of this moment, if this is, you know, just a taste of what could be a really cool battle sequence with Captain Phasma, then. I guess it would be a great way to go out then <laughs> if this mm-hmm. battle lives up to what this trailer is teasing because, man, just from a visual standpoint, this looks so, so, so good. I mean, this is the potential the character had and what we were expecting when we saw her armor and her uniform revealed for the first time and how awesome it looked, the chrome, the cape and everything. And just to see it, you know, I don't want to say wasted, but just totally underusing the Force Awakens where she's just standing around. It, like, it was just begging to be used in a cool action sequence. And now Ryan Johnson is delivering all that. And mm-hmm. I just can't be more excited to see the sequence play out. So, yeah, I was hoping to see this in the trailer. And, yeah, they delivered 10 times. I mean, it, ah. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah not even... a loss for words almost. It's saying how cool it was and just how happy I was to finally get what I was been what I've been waiting for and hoping for since the character was revealed. It was just so, so awesome. Yeah, and even for someone like me who, you know, obviously I'm not as big of a fan of Phasma as you are, but um I mean first of all you know, at first I thought she should have just died in The Force Awakens. I'm like she was in the trash compactor on Star Killer Base. Star Killer Base blew up by Phasma. And when I found that she was coming back for the second one, I was like, okay, well then they better put her to good use and actually have a good reason for you know, putting her back in there. Um, And clearly just from seeing this, I'm like, okay, they delivered on that. And then, I mean, I always thought that the armor was really cool. You know, I love the idea of just like a a chrome armored stormtrooper. I thought that was pretty sweet. And 
seeing the close-up of that helmet with like the blue electricity and the orange flames reflecting off it all over the place i'm like i thought that armor was cool before and i was wrong uh because <laughs> you know i mean just geez man that is just visually just so freaking cool looking um one other thing i noticed here while just looking at this shot and especially just sort of the the two shot where you see um you know finn charging at her and looking at all the stuff that's going on in the background um you see like some two-legged walkers right in between them you see some AT-ATs hanging from the ceiling it looks like over on the right you see what looks like a, hey, yeah. a burning yeah. you see what looks like a burning tie fighter fall, like falling from the ceiling right in between them so i'm thinking this is actually the same like factory thing that kylo was looking at in the very first shot mm. And probably Finn and Rose's mission was to infiltrate the base or the the big juggernaut ship or whatever, like wherever this place is located and like sabotage their weapons factory um, and sort of bring down the First Order from the inside. Um, and also just to kind of speculate a little bit more, um, you can see a stormtrooper kind of running up behind them and he's not pointing his blaster at Finn. I mean, I can't see what exactly he's looking at. So maybe, um, I mean, maybe this is just a sabotage mission, but also maybe they're kind of clearing the way for like, okay, they set off like the first wave of explosions or whatever. And um, I mean, if it is on the ship, maybe disable the ship and then the resistance comes in um, to like, you know, invade this thing or finish taking it out or whatever. I mean, I can't see any resistance soldiers or anything in the shot, but um actually you know what i just noticed there's another stormtrooper off on the right and it looks like he's shooting at something that's not finn so clearly either finn's not the only resistance soldier in here or these other guys are just like distracted by all the chaos but um yeah clearly i mean this is gonna be you know some big stuff going down here um as far as sort of the overall battle between the resistance and the first order and the you know, just this clash between Finn and Phasma is just going to be going on right in the middle of it. Yep. Oh, it's going to be great. I was just thinking, too, where maybe it's going to be a climactic sequence where it's going to intercut between, you know, different characters doing different things. But I would just remember, though, because I was thinking maybe the battle on crate would be going on, but Finn is up like on the ship fighting with Phasma. Uh, Ray and Luke are doing their thing. But then I remember there's that shot of, Finn actually find the ski speeder mm -hmm. on crate. So it looks like going to be involved in that battle. So I'm just wondering what's going to happen first, the battle or infiltrating, you know, this ship and then his showdown with Phasma. Yeah, that's a good question. Cause you would think that both of them seem like they're going to kind of be climactic moments in the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe crate is more towards the middle. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a really good question. Um, we did recently hear, uh, some reports that The Last Jedi is going to be like two and a half hours long, which would make it the longest Star Wars movie yet. Um, so they definitely have a lot of room to, you know, just cram in a lot of, uh, you know, cool stuff, a lot of eventful uh, moments and cool action sequences and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, Star Wars is one of those movies where it's never going to feel too long to me. Um, you know, as long as the story's good and they keep the pacing going and there's, you know, just awesome stuff happening, like just keep going. I don't care. Yeah. At first when, you know, there were certain sites and theater listings showing it that long, I was like, Oh, that's gotta be a mistake. Like there was no Star Wars movie that was that long and I don't see them doing that. But you know, that seems to be the case when you look at different show times too, where two and a half hours looks to be the runtime. And I, 
going to be more happy and excited about that. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, especially now seeing this trailer and seeing just all the stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not even at the end of it yet. But um, I did notice with this trailer, like, there's a lot of stuff that we know is going to be in this movie that this trailer didn't show at all. Yeah, um, and I was surprised about, too. Like, Canto Bite, there was nothing. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. We don't see any of Canto Bite. We don't see... Uh, DJ, you know, Benicio Del Toro's character. We didn't see any of uh, Laura Dern's Admiral Haldo. Uh, we didn't see any of Rose. Yeah, like um, no new characters, which surprising to me because I thought there would have been at least like a shot or two just showcasing some of the new characters we're going to see here or maybe a line or two from them. But Yeah, and the trailer is like two and a half minutes long, so it is, you know, a full-length trailer. Um, but, you know, they could have made it like three and a half minutes long if they were going to include like a little bit of everything that you'd get to see in the movie. So... Um, yeah, I think there's definitely still plenty of room for surprises, um, and for, you know, some cool stuff that we haven't seen yet. Man, I just can't wait to, when I'm in the theater, whether it's probably more than likely when I see Thor Ragnarok, when they show this trailer attached mm-hmm. back, seeing this, that close up shot of that in the helmet on the big screen is going to be, <sighs> oh man. Yeah, I'm going to have the biggest cool. smile on my face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I will say, even though I'm not as big a fan of Phasma as you, like, that's probably my favorite shot just visually from this whole trailer. Mm-hmm. Although there's a bunch of them. I mean, Poe with the afterburner thing on his X-Wing, uh, the shot at the beginning with the walkers all lined up on crate. Um, you know, I, I think actually what my my other maybe personal favorite shot, um, just the one where Ray is meditating, and you just see the ground crack just because that was so surprising, and then seeing Luke's face. But then also the tie silencer when Kylo Ren's flying that and he pulls his barrel roll and is firing the whole time. I mean, it's just, ah, oh, this movie's going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> and wow. we're not even done yet. So let's get through nope. the rest of this trailer and then we can, you know, talk about just general hype for the movie and, and thoughts on the trailer overall. Praise it some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we get another shot of the space battle um, and you see like some resistance ships and, you know, one of them's getting blown up and then you can just see this massive, first order ship that i mean this it's creepy it looks like it's coming out of the shadows like i don't know if it's just the way this is framed but like you know it it almost looks like this thing is kind of like revealing itself out of the blackness of space um yeah it's almost like it's going through the rings of the car like you can kind of see in the background there oh that could be like almost like dust like it's coming out of dust or something like that yeah yeah, and that would be really cool. And again, I can't tell if that's like their big dreadnought thing or if it's just the um oh, what's it called? The uh well, the first order dreadnought which is like the big star destroyer with the cannon thing on the bottom or like the really big flying fortress thing. Or I mean, maybe they're the same ship, but I don't think they're the same ship. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, um, they didn't that one shot, like you talked about, that fired off that blast. It didn't look the same. Yeah, yeah, it didn't look like the same one to me. So, I mean, maybe they do destroy this one in the battle at the beginning, but then, you know, Kylo Ren comes in in his tie, and, you know, they have to retreat or something like that. Um, I don't know. But like I said, I mean, the more cool new ships and just big space battles and fleet battles and all that kind of stuff, you know, I'm always down for more of that. Um, we get another shot of uh poe and his x-wing well not actually poe but uh you see obviously bb8 sitting in the top of his x-wing here so we'll still get to see him and it's funny because 
I feel like we really haven't seen much of BB-8 even in just sort of the trailers and the marketing so far. Yeah. Like, as far as the fun cuteness factor, it's all been the Porgs. Yeah, it was like, poor BB-8, he's already being moved over by Porgs. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think part of it is the fact that he's going to be with Poe now and not... Um, you know, not going to be with Ray, and obviously she's getting a lot of the focus for the movie. But um, I do remember, I think it was at Celebration um, that Ryan Johnson said, you know, when he came in to take over for episode eight, he talked to some people that were like on the crew for episode seven. Um, or maybe it was, I don't remember if it was J.J. Abrams specifically who told him this or just people who worked on uh, episode seven. And he was like, yeah, the, the best advice I got from people was like, use as much of bb-8 as possible because yeah, you know, right. <laughs> people love him and so even though he only gets you know a brief appearance in the trailer and it seems like he might get kind of overshadowed by the porgs and you know all this other stuff that's going on i think we'll still probably see a lot of bb-8 in the movie too yeah and i agree with that statement you can never have too much bb-8 just his appearance of the force awakens is any indication yeah for sure um let's see what do we have next here and i mean bb-8 looks like he's kind of getting electrocuted or something um and kind of shakes it off as poe is flying through this battle um and, you know maybe his ship took a hit or something but bb it looks like he's fine by the end of it so i wouldn't you know worry too much about him um actually you know what i i see what you were talking about about that star destroyer looking like it was coming through the um you know, coming through the rings with like the dust coming off of it and stuff but then with this shot of poe with bb8 it looks like there's just a lot of smoke coming off of it yeah, you're right. So maybe, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah maybe, the damage is pretty good. It looks like maybe Poe, you know, just fired up his extra engine and just did a strafing run on this thing and just you know lit it up. And uh, I don't know if BB-8's getting shocked because uh, he took a you know glancing blow from a Tie Fighter, or maybe it's just like the power drain on the ship from that extra engine, um, and he's kind of getting fried from it and then kind of shaking it off. Yeah, or maybe but, like he's doing something to you know give the ship an extra boost of power and it's causing him to like short circuit in a way maybe he's expensing too much power on his end mm -hmm. yeah maybe um and then we get some more interesting stuff uh you see luke looks like he's lying on the ground here like maybe in a cave or something um or it could be outside on octo i mean he definitely looks wet so mm -hmm. you know maybe he's caught out in the rain um and he's saying this is not going to go the way you think um and yeah. then we actually see a shot of uh, some cool new creatures on crate. Um, what people are calling like this crystal fox. Oh, and I see what you're saying about like the door to the base closing. Mm -hmm. um, and then we see a shot of Leia standing inside. And I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if this is all going on at the same time. Cause then you see Leia standing inside and uh, there aren't any creatures running in or anything. Um, so I don't know that the doors are necessarily closing in that shot. Yeah, I think that could be something where the editing is a little different. Mm -hmm. But um, before I get into, you know, that shot of like the crystal foxes or the space foxes, <laughs> that's why I really want to find out what their names are. So I could call that because I love their look. But that shot of Luke um, where, where he's lying down and he's, you know, I think it's definitely outside. It's in the rain. And don't want to go into spoilers here but i'll just say i think it's lining up to that uh set report uh, that we talked about a few episodes ago of a certain sequence that's going to go down and i don't think he's talking to ray right there i that's one of those things where it's easy to assume because there's another shot coming up where ray does appear and look, looks like to be the same sequence but 
I don't think he's talking to her there. And without diving into the specific details, that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll mm, oh. we'll see. Um, because yeah, it's it's hard to say because, like I said, don't want to go into too much spoilers for those mm-hmm. you know don't want to know anything, especially being this close. But I think it plays in pretty well to when we talked about that spoilery stuff on the episode we did about it and we didn't see i thought we would see some stuff in the trailer that would show more of it but i think this little stuff right here is what we're going to get about from that sequence that's going to play out yeah possibly and i mean obviously i know what sequence you're talking about and i think that would make for definitely like an epic climactic thing that they would not want to give away in the trailers um but well, did did you have stuff you wanted to add about the uh, just the resistance base on crate and like the the foxes and stuff? Because that one shot of Luke, I was gonna just sort of talk about that more when we get to like some of the shots after that part. Okay, because we go back to more of like Ray on Octo and stuff. Yeah, I'll just say, I mean, going back to when we're talking about the behind the scenes video that really showcased the creatures we're gonna see in this movie, I was excited about them then, but then actually seeing them in a shot from the movie i think they look awesome and it's going to sound like we're just you know banging the same drum here but i just love the new looks and we're going to in this movie not just with the planet terrains and the ships but now with the creatures we're going to see i think this has the potential to have some of the coolest creatures in any star wars movie probably in aliens too probably since attack of the clones because i really like the aliens and creatures we got in attack of the clones with mm-hmm. the uh, Kaminoans and, and the arena battle on Geonosis with the the Reek and the Acklay and all that. So probably since that movie, this has the potential to have some of those coolest looking aliens and creatures in Star Wars. And yeah, it was just cool to see it in motion after just you know seeing like the maquettes or a puppet on that behind the scenes video to see how they look in the film was really cool. And I wasn't expecting them to be on crate to be honest because I thought they'd be on uh, Canto Bite with the space horse <laughs> that yeah. we didn't see in this trailer, but. It's cool that, you know, that Cantobite won't be the only place where we see some exotic alien creatures. And I like the fact or like to think anyway that the resistance is kind of, you know, helping out all life on this planet where if the door is shutting and they're evacuating, trying to get as many uh, people in from the first order attack. But they're trying to help the animals on there, too, because they're all you see a bunch of them scurrying into that base there, which I think would be a nice touch, <laughs> this, mm-hmm. you know, protecting all life on this planet, animals and humans alike. So. This is a quick little shot in this trailer that we got of these creatures, but I think it was one of the cooler ones. And uh, I chalked that up to one of the unexpected ones, too. Because, like I said, I wasn't expecting them to be on crate, but it makes sense because just how, you know, they look and how that crystal material looks like their skin is goes with the planet that we see on there, too. So I'm excited to see more of these creatures as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, yeah, like you said, between these guys and the space horse things on Canto Bite and the Porgs, I mean, it seems like we're going to get... Um, a lot more additions to the uh, the wildlife population of the galaxy from this movie. Um, but yeah, so then after that, we've got some more interesting stuff with uh, Luke and Ray. I mean, we see um, what looks like Ray diving into you know a pool or a lake or something like that on uh, what I'm assuming is still Octo. Like she's going under the water. Um, and then we see her coming back up and, you know, just kind of pulling herself out. Um, and then I think this is actually, 
this might be later in the movie, the next shot here, because she's got her hair down. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, but she's looking at Luke and maybe standing over like a campfire or something like that. Um, but, you know, again, looks like they might be like outside in the rain. Um, and again, this is, you know, Luke says, this is not going to go the way you think. He could be talking to like Kylo Ren or somebody there. Um, but I think, and I can probably expand on this a little bit more in a minute when we get to uh, some other stuff with Ray. But I think this might be him kind of having a uh, a similar moment to like when he was leaving um, Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back. Like you know, maybe they've been training for a while, and Ray's like, okay, you know what? I want to get out there, um, and either I don't know if it's like her feeling like Luke is holding her back and she needs to go find answers or she wants to go train somewhere else. Or if she wants to go personally, try to like take down the first order or, you know, wants a rematch with Kylo Ren and, uh, thinks she's got it all worked out. And Luke's being like, no, this is not going to go the way you think it is. Um, this is not gonna, you know, work out as well as you think you're not as ready as you think. And who knows, maybe they actually come to blows over it. Maybe that's why he looks like he's, you know, lying on the ground in that first shot. Um, maybe Ray with her, you know, uh, wild raw power that he's afraid of, you know, maybe she like force pushes him down or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, tries to, to strike out on her own. So um, that'd be an interesting development if they actually come to blows. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. We keep hearing people say, you know, more and more about this movie, just that it's unexpected and that, uh, you know, I know a lot of the cast had, you know, reactions to it the first time that was, um, you know, it wasn't what they were expecting or maybe not the direction they thought it should go. Um, but even, you know, I think of like what Daisy Ridley said in the behind the scenes video that like, um, there's a, a lot of new stuff and a lot of, or she said it, it feels unexpected, but feels right. Um, and I think there's yeah. a lot of stuff that maybe on paper you would think like, really, that's going to happen? Or even from watching the trailer go like, you know, really, they're going that way? But I think when we see the movie, it's all going to come together and we're going to, you know, just get the the full picture and go like, oh, that's why they did that. And I think it's going to make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean. That's, I didn't actually think about that, but that is a good point of them maybe actually coming to blows, and that would be definitely unexpected. And because I do think we're going to get a little bit of harking back to the moment in Empire where Luke goes off to face Vader and Yoda and Obi Wan try to stop him. But I think there is going to be a moment between Luke and Ray, which we're going to see later. And you know, it would make sense for that line to apply to that as well, where he said, "This is not going to go the way you think," but. At the same time, I think it can go the other way, too, with that uh, spoilery uh, sequence, too. So, again, just add that to the list of things we can't wait to find out, how it plays out and, you know, how it gets resolved and how it all comes together in the final piece of the film. Just adding more excitement to the questions that we can't wait to get answers for. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we don't have to go back into details about that spoiler sequence, but, like, you're you're just thinking that instead of Ray, that you think he might be talking to uh, Kylo instead, right? Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like uh, I'm, i don't know because i i guess maybe i'm just hoping he doesn't say that because i'm thinking if luke's telling kylo like this is not going to go the way you think it would maybe be like kylo's about to kill him and he's like no like you're not going to get the satisfaction from this that you think you are or something like that and i don't want to see that happen 
Um, so I'm kind of hoping that he's talking to Ray and that it's more of a training moment. Um, but we'll see. And yeah, all the stuff on Octo, man. <laughs> it's just going to be so fascinating to see all of it. And I mean, we're seeing different moments on the planet throughout this trailer. So if I'm going to be there for a good while, which is fine by me. And again, going back to that runtime too, which looks like they'll have enough time to make it feel natural and where it won't, you know, like drag for some people or whatnot. So yeah, just all the Acto stuff is just looking so, so, so good. Yeah. And then we got a shot of Finn uh, in his first order uniform, but being escorted by stormtroopers and uh, looking not very happy. Um, and then, you know, again, just a, another shot of just this massive first order factory. And you really see just the, the enormity of sort of the military force that these guys have. I mean, you see rows and rows of stormtroopers and TIE fighter pilots, and you see the walkers and the TIE fighters and everything being produced in the background. Um, so yeah, I mean... And we'd heard it talked about before, you know, and they, they said this in interviews and stuff, but like these guys mean business. And just because uh, Starkiller Base got destroyed, they also wiped out the Republic capital and, uh, you know, have the First Order basically or the resistance basically cut off now. And uh, they are going to, you know, be bringing the full weight of their military to bear on these guys. So, um Man, we should be uh, in for, you know, some cool stuff there, especially if you're a fan of the Empire and just, you know, troopers and walkers and vehicles and all this kind of stuff. Um, it looks like these guys have a huge arsenal, so. Which, you know, I totally am. So, yeah, that shot of all the First Order, like, officers, stormtroopers, you know, get a little bit of Return of the Jedi feel there once they were all there to welcome the Emperor to the Death Star, too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I love those type of shots. And even with Starkiller Base, when... General Hux gave his speech and destroyed the Republic Capitol. Just seeing the rows and rows of troopers is always a cool sight in these movies. So, yeah, that was another one. Yeah, and then we get um, some more shots of the Battle of Crate. And you know what? Going back to the beginning now, that shot that you know we uh, were kind of debating whether it was sunrise or sunset. I think that is going to be sunrise now because now looking at this shot, I mean, it's almost framed kind of the same way where you see the walkers all in a line. Yeah, and but now you see Tie Fighters and Kylo Ren's Tie Fighter flying over or his uh, his shuttle. I mean, flying over the line of walkers, and uh, but now it looks you know brighter than it did at the beginning. So I think it's going to be like you know just as the sun's rising on Crate. Um, you know, you see the First Order deploying all these forces, um, and we can also see just in the foreground here like the close up of a head of one of the ATM six walkers, um, and I mean it is kind of cool how it, I mean it looks like it's glaring at you. Um, and, you know, these things have just enough of that sort of touch that, like, they almost look, you know, kind of animalistic. I mean, again, we've talked about, like, mm -hmm. the gorilla walkers, but even the fact that, like, it looks like they kind of have a face. Um, yeah. But at the same time, they do look like also just big intimidating tanks, and it doesn't look too cartoony like they brought in, you know, some Transformers Beast Wars or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely take the uniqueness up to a whole nother level for a Star Wars movie. They did <laughs> yeah. That. But I also like the fact, too, that we're going to get TIE Fighters in this battle. I wasn't expecting that. I was just, you know, assuming it was going to be the Walkers against the Ski Speeders. But if you throw TIE Fighters into the mix, I mean, it just adds to, you know, the mayhem that's going to go on in this battle, which should make it more exciting, too. I mean, these Speeders don't look like, you know, they're the most capable ships. 
let alone to take down those walkers. But now they got to deal with TIE fighters in the sky shooting them down. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just another thing that's going to make this battle really, really exciting. Well, apparently they were able to take down at least one, or yep. that also could have been the Millennium Falcon. Um, I mean, obviously we see that shot of the Falcon, um, or we saw that shot earlier of you know them flying through like those caves on the inside of Crate, um, but then also, um, you know, I'm thinking from like the first teaser trailer when we saw you know there was a shot of the Falcon just flying in the air like in the sky above a planet, you know, getting shot at by some Tie Fighters. That could have been part of this battle as well. Yeah, for some reason when I saw in that first teaser, it didn't look like Crate to me. Like from the other shot we got of Crate in that teaser as well. To me, it looked more like it was Octo with that shot of the Falcon, but it could it makes, be. Makes more sense of now to be a part of this battle now that we saw the shots of it flying in the caves in this trailer. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to go back and watch that one again because, I mean, obviously I've still watched that first trailer a bunch, but I didn't watch it, uh, you know, today in preparation for talking about this one. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we see then like a, a close up of one TIE fighter that gets shot down we can't really see by what but it explodes uh falls to the dirt and there's just this really cool like well-framed uh shot where you see like the tie fighters flying over the surface you see the one that got shot that's like falling apart and falling towards the ground and you see two of the resistance ski speeders kind of flying towards the camera and they just like split and peel apart and the tie fighter lands right in between them and you know the wings fly off and just the cockpit of the tie fighter comes rolling towards the camera kicking up all this red dust behind it and you know just again the cinematography the directing choices in the action and stuff just everything that we've seen so far like this is going to be something special all signs are pointing that way (laughs) i gotta say this on so many levels yeah geez yeah this is just going to be so freaking cool man um but yeah, that looks like it's just going to be, you know, one heck of an awesome action sequence. And then we get one of the big kicker, you know, dramatic moments from the trailer. Definitely um, a wow moment. <laughs> yeah, where we see we hear Supreme Leader Snoke saying fulfill your destiny and we've got just a close-up shot of him sitting there, you know, in his gold robes like we'd seen, um, but he's not a hologram. Like, we're right there in the room with Snoke. It's, you know, close up on his face, and he's reaching his hand out. And then, sure enough, Ray is right there in front of him, and she's, like, bent halfway over backwards, screaming in pain. I mean, this is, like, uh, you know, what Poe or what uh, Kylo Ren was doing to Poe to, like, torture and interrogate him in The Force Awakens, but, like, cranked up to 11, like... Snoke is not messing around. And again, this is what I'm thinking Luke was maybe talking to Ray when he said, um, you know, this is not going to go the way you think. And maybe she's like, you know what? I'm I'm ready for this. You know, you're too hesitant. You're holding me back. Like, you're too scared to jump in the fight. And, like, if you're not going to get out there and be a Jedi and save the galaxy, then I will. And she decides to just, like, go rejoin the resistance and try to take the first order down herself and uh you know maybe even has to fight luke to do it but he's saying like no this is not gonna go the way you think and then here we see uh snoke you know whipping out some crazy force powers on her that she i'm assuming clearly was not expecting um 
And so, you know, that was kind of what I got out of that, that maybe Luke is warning her before she just runs off on her own to go try to take on, you know, Kylo Ren and Snoke and is maybe just getting impatient with, uh, you know, Luke's kind of hesitation to do that. Yeah, and I have more to say about that that will probably tie in more to the last shots of the trailer, but I just will say about this sequence, totally unexpected. I mean, not even just for the trailer, but just for this to happen in the movie. Yeah. This seems like something that would go down in episode nine to have mm-hmm. one of our heroes actually confronting Snoke already. It's like, whoa, <laughs> that was a shock. Which has me wondering if this is maybe like a vision or something. But I mean, it definitely looks like she's right there, you know, and yeah. we can see she's in her, her uh, Jedi outfit, too. Yeah, exactly. So this is probably from later on in the movie. And so I'm like. This definitely looks like it could be legit. And who knows, maybe Luke shows up to save her. Maybe Kylo shows up to save her. Yeah, I don't know. Like, or maybe Snoke like turns her against Luke or something. Like, I don't know what is going on here. I don't know. But like, holy crap, like you said, was not expecting that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just seeing that first shot of Snoke, which, by the way, the CG on him looks phenomenal. So looks good. Like, yeah, I'm just totally photorealistic there so props to ilm for that but i was just expecting that to be you know close up of snoke saying that to you know fulfill your destiny you assume he's talking to kylo ren there but no the next shot is like yeah just ray screaming in pain and you know looks like more the force uh paralyzation move that kylo ren did but i'm sure snoke is you know doing a much more extreme version of it mm-hmm. him being more experienced with the dark side definitely much more painful so yeah, this is a totally unexpected sequence. And now, again, added to the list of things I can't wait to see unfold and play out. And how Ray gets there, like, how did she know to get to Snoke that he was... Because it makes me think, too, going back to the behind-the-scenes video where we see Daisy Ridley and John Boyega dancing on what looks to be the set of Crate. So it makes you think that, you know, Ray and Finn and maybe, you know, Luke and Leia are going to reunite all, reunite all on Crate. But... Then probably during the battle, she goes up to face Snoke if he's there. And that makes me wonder, wow, is Snoke actually going to be in this battle too? Like being the commander, giving orders or just wanting to be there to see the final stand of the resistance and to make sure maybe it's done right and his presence will ensure that. So there's a lot of questions going on to see how this, I assume, is going to be the climactic sequence of the movie take place. So, yeah, totally was not expecting it in the trailer. But, man, this it was a welcome surprise that it raises more questions so yeah this was really cool to see yeah and you know what i like that even though we've kind of been able to piece some things together like as far as you know we're thinking the space battle is going to happen at the beginning and you know obviously we're going to start with luke and ray on octo and the training and all that kind of stuff like I really, I can't figure like what the direct, or you know, sort of what the the timeline of the movie is going to be in the sequence of events. Um, yeah. And again, we didn't see any of Canto Bite in this movie. Um, although I am kind of assuming that I, I'm going to assume that Canto Bite takes place before Finn and Rose go undercover in the First Order, because I'm yeah. I'm assuming that. Um, the main reason they go to Canto Bite is to find DJ and they need his help to, you know, either do some slicing or gain some access codes or some fake IDs or something like that that are going to, like, be able to get them onto that First Order, uh, you know, command ship. Um, 
but the question, you know, is that all going to happen before the Battle of Crate, or is it going to be after? Because if it's after, then that would mean the Battle of Crate takes place fairly early on in the movie. But then if it takes place before the Battle of Crate, then it's like, so they're going to destroy the First Order's, like, big dreadnought thing. Finn's going to have his big showdown with Phasma, and then he's still going to go back to the Resistance, you know, getting his regular old, you know, Resistance jacket, climbing the ski speeder, and, you know, be doing his thing in that battle? Like, I don't know. Maybe the Battle of Crate's going to be, like, right after um, the... Uh, the space battle or something like, I don't know. Or maybe it's going to be, you know, around halfway through the movie, something like that. Um, I don't know. Because we know too that Finn is still kind of struggling what he wants to do, like join the, officially join the resistance or still be on the run. So maybe, you know, uh, they go to crate, it gets attacked and that's kind of, you know, the thing that makes him really step up. Okay. I got to fight for the resistance. And then after that, then he goes off on his mission to Cantobite and all that. So, but I, it's hard to for me to think right now that the battle of crate looks to be you know pretty massive where it's going to probably take place at the earliest i think would be the middle so i don't know but you're totally right it is hard to piece together where things are going to take place in this movie yeah because if i could the less i know about that the better we'll see how long i'm able to stay that way before the movie comes out but yeah i'll be you know watching the movie not knowing what to expect and where sequences are going to come next. Well, see, and here's one thing that just kind of clicked for me. Even though the the Battle of Crate looks like a big sort of climactic type battle that we're expecting to take place at the, you know, towards the end of the movie, I think it probably would make sense if it took place earlier on because I mean, whether the resistance wins or loses that battle it's probably going to be their first time facing those mt uh, the the atm6 walkers mm-hmm. and i'm sure you know again whether they win or lose those things are going to put a whooping on them and so maybe that's when they're like okay we need to take some drastic measures finn rose you guys are going to infiltrate the first order find out where they're producing these things and we're going to blow it up before we have to deal with any more of them Mm. yeah um so that could be yeah it could be like the real eye opener for the resistance like yeah we destroyed star killer base but they still got all this like firepower and weapons and walkers and all that we gotta do something about it yeah um and maybe it's just kind of a continuation thing where like they have the space battle first and then they go to crate and they're like, okay, we're safe. We got a rebel base now. And then the first order shows up there with their walkers and it's like, okay, crap. No, we're still on the run. Like, you know, I don't know. Or maybe, you know, also you see the, um, those doors closing, like maybe the first order is just kind of laying siege to them. Mm. Um, and so maybe they even have to, well, heck, hey, maybe when Chewie is in the Falcon, they're going, well, oh, but I don't know, because <laughs> Chewie and the Falcon, they're on Octo with Ray. So unless he leaves early in the movie and just takes the Falcon by himself to go back and help the Resistance, then that would kind of make it seem like it would be later in the movie. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're all going to leave Octo together on the Falcon. So how else would Ray and Luke get off of that? I think, yeah. I mean, we know that he has his x-wing <laughs> sunken down in the ocean but they both can't fit in that thing <laughs> to get off it yeah um oh gosh i don't know yeah see this is a good thing that we can't figure it out yeah exactly 
yeah i mean yeah like i said i'm I'm glad i don't know and i i'm still gonna try to stick to uh stick to my guns here as far as i mean this trailer revealed a lot and if they've got you know international same time little (laughs) yeah oh man i mean because like i said you think about everything that's in here and it's like man, you could make a movie just based off of all the stuff that we see in this trailer, but then we think about all the stuff that we know that's going to be in the movie that's not in the trailer, and it's like, oh, there's still more to this. Um, But, I mean, let's let's just get to the end here, the very last sequence of the trailer, and you see Ray, and she says, I need someone to show me my place in all this. Cut to Kylo Ren... And he just holds his hand out, and we cut to Star Wars The Last Jedi, December 15th, tickets on sale now. (laughs) Um, Man, what a cool and kind of shocking way to end it. Mm -hmm. But I will say, I'm I'm calling it right now, Big Misdirect number four. Um, You see, I think you're kind of right and kind of wrong on that. Well, again, I think, again, misdirect in the fact that not that it's not going to happen, but the fact that it's not going to happen the way that it looks like here in the trailer. Yeah, Um, I've been watching like some people's reactions to it and stuff. And they were, you know, some people were already pointing out like that the lighting looks kind of different between them. And at first I didn't really think so because I mean, Ray, I mean, her face is kind of lit to the point where like it looks like she's in the dark somewhere and then there's maybe you know a light or like fire reflecting off her face or something and then you cut to kylo ren he's clearly being lit by fire there's like stuff burning in the background behind him and you can't really see what it is but he you know then he holds his hand out um so i will say this i think that shot where we see kylo and he holds his hand out i think he is extending his hand to ray trying to get her to join him but the shot of Ray saying, I need someone to show me my place in all this, she's not talking to Kylo right there. Yeah. I think she's talking to Luke. Especially, I mean, if you look, and you can't really see that much of it, but, um, you know, from her outfit, I mean, you can tell, like, she's still got her hair pulled back, and it looks like she's got the same jacket on that she had, uh, like, when she got to Octo for the first time. Um and also just the fact that her face is lit by fire. Like, don't forget, we saw that shot in the behind the scenes video of like Chewie sitting by a campfire outside the Falcon yep. on Octo. So I think I think this is going to be like her first kind of sit. I, I think this is going to be where she kind of turns the page with Luke um, after they start training and he gets scared by her power. Um, well, and this, I mean, it could be bef- like after they get that far in the training and he kind of refuses to train her anymore and, you know, the, she maybe kind of convinces him otherwise, or maybe when she meets him for the first time, he doesn't even want to train her at all. And this is where she first, you know, at least convinces him to start training her. Um, but yeah, when she says, I, I need someone to show me my place in all this, I think she's pleading with him like, Hey, look, you know, I don't know what happened to you before. I don't know you know, what went wrong or why you got betrayed or, you know, why Kylo turned to the dark side or anything. And I know you're scared of this power that I've got inside me, but like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to turn against you. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, and I don't know who I am or where I come from. Like, I just need someone to guide me um, and to, you know, help me figure all this out. So I think that's kind of more what's going on in the first half of this. You see, you mentioned the, behind the scenes footage of Chewie in the campfire. I think it's possible where she could actually be talking to Chewie here 
and she's saying that to him. Maybe, you know, things aren't going the way she thought with Luke. And maybe Chewie says something to her to her where it's like, you know, maybe, you know, you don't have to, you know, pursue this life and be trained to be a Jedi. Maybe he's telling her, you know, we could you know, we could leave if this isn't going to work out, but she's telling him, no, I have to stay. I need someone to show me my place and all this. So I wouldn't rule out that she's having this conversation with Chewie here. That, I think is, that could be a pretty cool conversation to have between the two of them, too, if that is the case. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, or heck, even like R2. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. But um, yeah, then who knows? Maybe Chewie could even be the one to like convince Luke to train her. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's possible too. I mean, we also got to get a moment where, you know, Luke addresses what happened to Han, whether, uh-huh. you know, that's going to be, you know, through Chewie, or maybe if he does confront Kylo Ren at some point in the movie, that's, you know, he has to mention it at some point. I think it could be at this point. I mean, who knows if Luke is even here, but I think it would be cool, you know, if they're all sitting at this campfire and they're all kind of expressing themselves and you know let you know just saying what's on their minds and what's in their hearts at this point to kind of come together in a way here Mm -hmm. yeah um but i definitely agree this the way this trailer is edited these two sequences of kylo ren and ray are not (laughs) the same scene yeah again i i thought they were at first and after further inspection i'm like no i definitely don't think so but i again i do think that uh kylo ren and again this is him at the end of the movie here because he doesn't have the uh the back to tape on his face anymore Mm -hmm. um this looks like it's probably from some uh you know climactic sequence towards the end um i'll have to go back and watch the first trailer again but just the background with stuff burning whatever it looks probably similar to the shot we saw of him in the first trailer where he's holding the lightsaber um, yeah, I could totally see, you know, him, maybe he comes in like unexpectedly to Ray. Cause I agree too. I, I definitely think he's reaching his hand out to Ray. I mean, who else is he going to do that to? And the only person would be Leia, but I would think for Leia being his mom, he would do more than reach a hand out to her. I think if he's fully, you know, maybe, you know, turning the page on, you know, what he's going to do, he would embrace his mother and not just reach a hand out here. So I think it's totally Ray. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that shot of him in the first teaser with the lightsaber ignited, you know, trying to make you think it's, you know, he's still a villain and very ominous and threatening, but then he just turns it off. Maybe she says something, maybe nobody says anything, but he shuts it off and then extends that hand. So, mm-hmm. or it could be before the fight too, you know, maybe he's like, Hey, this is your last chance to join me or something. Um, that's very possible too. And, yeah. you know, and she's the one that's like, no, I'm going to fight you. Um, but unfortunately, see, now I'm worried seeing this stuff like burning in the background. I'm like, what if they, you know, come back to Octo and he's like burning down, you know, that force tree oh, or man. something like that. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't think of that, but geez, now you put that possibility in my head because that's the thing with the shot of Kylo Ren. You can't, it's hard to place where it's taking, where the sequence is taking place at because it looks nothing like any of the other shots and environments we see in this trailer. The only thing that it looks like to me is the flashback sequence of Luke with the Jedi, his Jedi temple and his order got destroyed. That's mm-hmm. the only resemblance this shot looks, but we know that's not the case where it's from that sequence. So, yeah, I could totally see that actually being the case. Maybe 
the very end sequence of this is going back to Octo. So, mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I mean, this could maybe be another, like, Force Vision, too. Um, you know, maybe Ray kind of has, like, a flashback of, you know, Kylo's I words from The Force Awakens where he says, uh, you know, you need a teacher. You know, I can show you the ways of the Force. But, um, again, just based on his appearance, the fact that he he doesn't have that um, – you know, bandage on his face anymore that he had, you know, pretty much the whole rest of the trailer. I'm thinking this is towards the end of the movie. And uh, yeah, I'm like it, man, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and watch this some more. Again, I'm kind of just flipping through the stills right now and not actually like watching the scene from the trailer, but um, man, I, I, I think they're probably back on Octo. That would be my guess. Yeah, it seems the most logical place now that you said it, because like I said, it looks like nothing else. They're not doesn't seem like they're in a hangar of a ship or anything where there's explosions going on. So, yeah, and it doesn't look, look like, like crate. crate. I highly doubt it would be Canto Bite. Yeah. Um, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I think pretty much the only options are either like on that on that first order ship with Snoke or something or um you know, yeah, maybe they come back looking for him on Octo. But man, what a great way to end the trailer. I, I'll say the biggest curveball thrown. I mean, this could change the whole outlook on the sequel trilogy that, you know, yeah, we've heard like speculation from fans of maybe, you know, the whole Raylo shipping thing, which <laughs> never got to do. But this could throw like the cold course in the story of the trilogy in a totally unexpected way for me i mean i said before how i didn't want to see kylo ren redeemed because of you know following those same beats as anakin but you brought up a good point too earlier about it you know it'll be different now that he's younger and still has most of his life ahead of him so but the idea of ray and kylo ren teaming up i mean what if uh <laughs> i'm thinking how the movie could end now uh where what if this is the very last shot of the movie and it'll kind of even be like similar to Force Awakens, where that ends with Rey extending her hand out to Luke with the lightsaber. What if this ends in a cliffhanger where Kylo Ren extends his hand out to Rey, but you don't know what she's going to do if she's going to? Oh, they better take not it or not. So. They better not. But just the whole idea of where Episode Nine can go if it does the course of the Last Jedi goes where both Kylo Ren and Rey you know, are done with their teachers, Ray with Luke and Kylo Ren with Snoke. And they decide, you know, the course of the galaxy, you know, it kind of depends on us and our masters it's not going about it the right way in their view. And they figure we got to do this together and end this conflict between, you know, the First Order and the Resistance. And they just kind of become their, I don't know, this, they're, I don't want to say this, their own group organization because it's only the two of them, but they're going to fight their own battles to, you know, bring, I guess, bring what they feel to be the balance of the Force and in the galaxy. Where yeah, the, where, like, the balance of the Force would be the light side and the dark side, like, working together rather than fighting mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Dang, I hadn't really thought of that because, oh, man. Yeah, like like I said, totally throws a curveball to what I thought this trilogy would go to like yeah. when we get to episode 9. Well, because one thing I was thinking, I mean, I don't th- I definitely don't think that Rey would just join Kylo and like turn to the dark side. Because that's, then Yeah, that's right. I forgot then, to say that. I don't think that's the case either. Yeah, because then you've got no hero. 
Like, I mean, you've got, um, you know, you've got uh, Finn and Poe still, but, like, you need your, your Jedi hero. And I was thinking, you know, based on this, but then also the stuff we see earlier with Kylo, you know, smashing the mask and his hesitation when trying to kill Leia and stuff. It's like, what if they, like, flipped places? Like, what mm. if Rey goes after Snoke? And he captures her and manages to, like, turn her to the dark side. And meanwhile, Kylo goes through all this regret and, like, ends up redeeming himself. And they pull a, a swap. Um, but you can't have them both on the dark side because then it would just be too, you know, one-sided. Like, episode nine would just be Luke against everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, then to see – but, yeah, for the two of them to team up and, and just do their own thing, I mean – I don't know, man. Like, I know because what if? I mean, Ray confronts Snoke. What if Snoke gets taken out in this movie, and then, like we said, because we always mm. thought he was the end game for Episode Nine. What if he gets taken out here, and then it's just uh, Ray and Kylo Ren not necessarily being the villains, but like not necessarily being on the side of the First Order or the Resistance either. So, yeah, but then I'm wondering, yeah. like, what would their place in the story be? Like, exactly. Are That's they what... the heroes? <laughs> are they the villains? Like, mm. uh... God. <laughs> as, as Yoda said, meditate on this. I must. <laughs> as Yoda said, you're making me think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, like I said, there's a total curveball thrown at this trailer, I mean, you would think, I, I don't want to say where they should have kept it for the movie, but I do think it would have been something I would expect to be a big reveal in the movie, which makes me think there's bigger stuff <laughs> to come. So, yeah, I, it was a great way to end it. I didn't see it coming, but, just, man, probably this is the sequence more than any other. What This gets me thinking about the possibilities of where things can go. So, yeah, yeah I know there's people thinking that it could be a total misdirect where he's not doing anything with Ray, but uh, I don't think so. I think it is something, something's going down between them two by the time this movie's over and they're not yeah. going to be the same person that they were at the start of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think with the, you know, sort of the misdirect, I'm like, yes, it's a misdirect because they're not together in that scene, the way that we're seeing it play out in the trailer um ray's not saying that dialogue to kylo ren but does that mean that something similar to that won't play out in the movie no not at all that possibility is definitely still on the table and like i said the shot of him holding his hand out obviously he's doing that to somebody and i think that's to ray i just don't think it's a follow-up to uh that line that she says and so um yeah, like you said, we know he made that offer already to her in The Force Awakens saying, you need a teacher and I can show you the ways of the Force. So yeah. that's probably still in the back of his mind, too. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really hoping that this isn't in, you know, some final climactic battle and he, like, kills Luke and then oh. tells Ray like, hey, look, he's gone. Join me now. Um, that would be, Jesus. I'm talking about saving a big surprise. That would be a really big surprise, but not one I want to see. <laughs> yeah, definitely not one I want to see either. Um, so, I mean, this kind of has me worried, but it also has me very excited and just thinking a lot and just, man, I love Star Wars. Yeah, that's the best <laughs> way to summarize it. But I was just going to say, too, I don't think they're going to have him kill off Luke because 
to have him kill Han and Luke, I don't <laughs> I think he's going to make him so unlikable to so many people. So yeah. I don't know if gonna... No, yeah, they, they, and they, uh, I really hope they don't, you know, just they're not knocking him out one right after the other. Um, yeah, keep Luke at least through episode nine. Yes. <laughs> Um, but then again, I mean, I don't know, maybe somebody has to become a force ghost for this trilogy. It'll be see, but we got a Anakin and Yoda and Obi-Wan are going to do that in Flash Jedi. They just haven't shown it yet. <laughs> Possibly. I and mean, we've heard the rumors. I know. And I'm still holding out hope that that's going to happen. At least one of them. I mean, yeah, I well, all and three it, of them would be amazing. But if we just get one of them, I guess that'll do. But and I, I think, think we gotta have one of them. the the thing, the rumors that I've heard most often, it seems to point more towards like Yoda and Anakin more than anything, probably just because of the fact that obviously you can't have Alec Guinness back to play Obi-Wan. Yeah. And, you know, you could try to dress you and McGregor up like old Obi-Wan, but I don't know that it would quite be the same. Um you know, when you're trying to make him look 70 years old and, you know, look exactly like Alec Guinness did in A New Hope. But obviously you still have Frank Frank Oz who could voice Yoda and, you know, Hayden Christensen could still pull off Anakin Skywalker. So um, I think that, man, how freaking cool would that be? Like I said, that moment of Ray in that tree, I mean, if it's going to... That moment's going to happen in the movie. It's going to go down there <laughs> in that tree. So yeah, like, that has to have some amazing stuff in that sequence. Yeah, and I mean, who knows? We keep and again, we've just heard sort of persistent rumors that that might happen, um, but it could also just be one of those things where you know, like you and McGregor recorded like one line for that Force Vision in the Force Awakens. I mean, it could be a little Easter egg kind of thing like that. Um, or we could actually see Luke talking with those force ghosts. Maybe they're the ones who convince him to train Ray. I don't know. Oh boy. The awesome possibilities are endless. Yeah. I mean, just man. So overall thoughts on the trailer. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. I mean, being so hyped up for it beforehand and then having it over deliver on expectations is great. I, really think it's going to go down as one of the best Star Wars trailers ever. Maybe the best. I don't know quite yet because there's some awesome Star Wars trailers out there, but I will say definitely in this sequel era and the, the Disney era of Star Wars, I think it's the best out of all of them from Force Awakens and Rogue One. It just it oh, had everything. Yeah. Visually, there was some amazing shots that just geek out over, especially for me with like Captain Phasma and action, but then it had threw curveballs and surprises at us that I wasn't expecting, which made it better too and the speculation it caused and the questions it raised it just it had it all really so i thought it was amazing i couldn't ask for a better trailer for this movie and december just needs to hurry up and get here because it's gonna be an amazing time so yeah trailer i absolutely loved it yeah man i mean it it blew my mind i watched it like like i said like five times in a row last night um at least, I mean, I don't even remember, but I was still, you know, I was up to like two in the morning and just like couldn't stop watching it. And it was just, uh, this has everything that I want. Like mm-hmm. this movie is going to be so freaking incredible. And when we talked, you know, just a couple days ago on our last episode about the stuff that we were hoping to see, I mean, this hit almost everything, but then there was even some cool stuff that we were hoping to see that wasn't in here. Like the execution of stormtroopers, the Praetorian guards, um, and especially, you know, stuff on Canto Bite which we know is seems like it's going to be a significant part of the movie. Um, I mean, the fact that 
you know, you know, Benicio del Toro's DJ character is going to be, you know, have a fairly significant role. And we didn't see any of him in here. Um, just the fact that they put so much into the production of, you know, this casino planet um, and, you know, all the, the costumes and the alien species. And then we know there's going to be some kind of action sequence there because we've seen toys and stuff for like Canto Bite police speeders. And then, you know, we saw those leaked images of uh, Finn and Ray or Finn and uh, Rose on, you know, that space horse thing or whatever. Um, it's like that's a good you know, at least maybe 10, 20% of the movie right there that we still have seen, you know, nothing from, at least in this trailer. Um, see, I guess that would be the only thing that would maybe get me to to cheat and watch any, like, TV spots or international trailers or something like that, as if they put something out that had Cantobite footage in it. But other than that, I mean, I'm more than happy to just wait till the movie comes out because it's like there was so much cool stuff in this trailer and then the idea that there's still so much more that we haven't seen yet. Um, I mean, I've got this article pulled up on uh, IGN.com here where they talk about um, Ryan Johnson, you know, just talking about spoilers and what they decide to put in trailers. Because uh, for some of you, you know, if you uh, didn't catch on to this, um, I think it was, you know, either like Saturday or Sunday before the trailer came out. Um, or it might have even been just earlier in the day on Monday, like before the trailer dropped. And Ryan Johnson tweeted about it. And uh, he said, you know, I'm torn because on the one hand, you know, for any of you that are looking to go into The Last Jedi, like with a clean slate and really don't want to know much about it, absolutely like stay away from the trailer that they're about to drop on Monday. But at the same time, like it's so good, um, <laughs> which I mean, that's the dilemma, right? Like as Star Wars fans, like we want to know everything until we know too much. And it's like, Oh dang, I wish I had gone into the movie, not knowing that and been able to kind of, you know, have a, a fresh perspective on that. But, um, you know, I, again, I didn't really feel like this spoiled too much. I mean, there, it definitely, oh, it yeah, it definitely showed some big moments from the movie, but I mean, for example, like the, the scene with, uh, Kylo and Leia and you know him looking like he's gonna shoot her like he's obviously not and if he were they wouldn't have shown any of that in the trailer at all um the whole thing of you know Kylo you know possibly seducing Rey to the dark side like Rey and Luke possibly being at odds like all that kind of stuff it's it teases a lot of possibilities and you know again you just have to kind of take it all with a grain of salt and realize that they could be misdirecting us here but i also don't think any of it is just complete misdirection like i don't think there's anything in there yeah that, like you're gonna watch the movie and be like oh that wasn't even that didn't play a part in the story at all um you know even as far as like shots that might not make it into the movie and stuff like the lines of dialogue in the movie might not be exactly the same way we heard them in the trailer but, you know, even going back to, like, the first teaser where Luke says, you know, it's time for the Jedi to end, um, I I kind of thought with that first trailer, it's like, you never know, in the final cut of the movie, they could use a different take of that line, he could word it a little bit differently, that might not be everything he says, but he's not going to spend the whole movie being like, all right, yay, Jedi, let's go, I want to go be a guardian of peace and justice and save the galaxy, and you're like, wait, what the heck, the trailer made me think something totally different, like, they're not going to do that, so anything in there that, you know, kind of raises some questions, or had you go like, oh, snap, I can't believe they're doing that, like, don't take it at face value and assume things are going to happen exactly the way they did in the trailer, 
but you know it gives us kind of a, a good general idea of it um and so i can't see how you know for people who wanted to go in totally clean like there was a lot of stuff in there that might make you go like whoa didn't know they were going that way um but at the same time, I mean, we still have no idea where this is going to end up. And like we were talking, you know, we have no idea how it's going to play out chronologically, um, where they're going to end up, um, you know, what big twists and turns might be revealed along the way. But I mean, coming back to this article, um, and I guess this actually originally was in an interview with uh, Yahoo, um, and Ryan Johnson said, like, that at least a year ago, they started talking about the process of... Um, you know, what's going to be in the story and like what they want to put out in the marketing and what they should, you know, hold back. And uh, he said that Johnson and his producer, Ram Bergman, met with Lucasfilm and came up with a no fly list for plot points and scenes not to be shown in the trailer. So I'm just thinking like not only just the stuff on Canto Bite and, you know, some of the characters like, you know, Rose and, you know, all those new characters that we talked about that we didn't see in the trailer, but as, just as far as like plot points and stuff you think about all the big stuff in here i mean heck freaking ray confronting snoke and him like using the force to bend her over backwards like none of us saw that coming and i was like holy crap i didn't know they were going there and the fact that you know they just went there in the trailer like was that too much i don't know but the the fact that they have you know a, a no fly list of things not to show and none of these were even on it that makes me even more excited for like okay not just characters and locations and and action scenes and stuff but like big story moments and things that we still have no idea are coming like there's the the possibilities are still wide open and i think we're gonna all come out of this movie with our minds blown yep that's why i think it's really a great trailer a lot of stuff that we were surprised on but you know we don't have the answers to everything this raises more questions than you know people viewing it as spoilers there's a difference between being surprised and being spoiled so mm -hmm. i think this trailer did that great where we were surprised on a lot of stuff but again it just raises more questions than as far as like oh i know too much about this movie now it's just what's going to happen and this makes you anticipate it even more so which is what trailers are supposed to do so that's why i just hold this one in such high regards as far as star wars trailers go it just they knock it out of the park they really did yeah yeah, definitely. And I mean, we talked about how some of the trailers for The Force Awakens had just those big rousing cheer moments like the Chewie were home and it was just getting everybody hyped and excited for that return to the Star Wars universe. And, um, you know, it was just it was cool. It was action packed. It was fun. And those trailers really just had you on the edge of your seat. And then the first teaser for The, uh, the Last Jedi comes out and it was just a totally different feel because it was more just like, oh, snap. This is not, you know, the Luke that we thought we were getting. You know, it seems like the story is going to be darker and, you know, take some kind of unexpected turns. So more just kind of like, OK, let's wait and see um, and just getting you more intrigued and less hyped up sort of. This trailer was a perfect mix of both. Mm -hmm. You know, it had those action moments, uh, the duel between Phasma and Finn, uh, Kylo and the TIE Silencer, seeing the stuff with, you know, the Battle of Crate and uh, the Falcon flying through the caves and Chewie and the Porg and all that kind of stuff that as Star Wars fans just gets you super excited and, and amped up and, you know, on the edge of your seat and like, yes, I can't wait for this movie. And then it also had just the, the intriguing, uh, you know, sort of story stuff that just hits you in the gut and makes you go like oh snap i can't wait to see how that plays out whether it's uh you know the 
Luke and Rey and him being afraid of her power or Rey confronting Snoke and seeing his power on display or, um, you know, Kylo struggling with the decision to take out Leia or not. Like, again, like you said, it's it's not spoilers, but it's showing us a lot of new scenarios that we didn't yeah. know about and then just kind of giving you enough of a tease to go like, okay, I know that this is going to be a factor in the movie now, but I can't wait to see, like, where they actually go with it or how it resolves because as of right now we have no idea like what the outcomes of those are going to be um so oh and you know what? i didn't even mention the fact that after seeing that shot of uh you know kylo or i think maybe you did mention this actually but after seeing the shot of uh you know kylo thinking about taking out leia like you see her later in the trailer on crate so like mm. and we're all assuming that takes place after the space battle um so yeah Leia's going to make it out fine at least from that encounter yeah, but yeah, man, just uh, just a perfect blend of of action, of dialogue, of story moments, of freaking epic music um, that just did such a perfect job of, I think, really kind of blowing off, blowing the lid off the movie in terms of letting us know like what this is going to be about and what we can expect, um, and kind of telling us more about the story, but also still, you know, definitely not revealing too much. And uh, giving us just enough of a tease to wet our wet our appetite, and uh, have a lot of things that we're looking forward to uh, seeing, and a lot of things that we're looking forward to, a lot of questions that we're looking forward to getting answered uh, when we can finally get our butts in the theater on December fifteenth. Um, so yeah, freaking love the trailer, and well worth the wait. <laughs> yeah, and I just I just gotta say, man, like my expectations for this movie are going through the roof, like. And I'm trying to keep them in check. And I, I <laughs> it's kind hard of, to do. I we kind of, like man. man. And I went through the same thing with The Force Awakens, like thinking that it was going to be awesome. But I mean, that was part of more just me being on board the hype machine with, you know, the first Star Wars movie in 10 years and just the start of a new trilogy and just the beginning of sort of a new generation. Um, I really like I wanted The Force Awakens to be my new favorite Star Wars movie. And afterwards, I kind of, you know, put my expectations in check a little bit. I'm like, okay, you know, I liked it a lot. I think they did a great job, but it didn't, you know, surpass all my wildest expectations. Um, And The Force Awakens is definitely not, you know, my favorite Star Wars movie. I still love it. But, you know, looking at The Last Jedi now, it's like I can't shake the feeling that this is going to be amazing. And it's not that I'm like, I hope it's not just me, you know, getting myself hyped up again. But I keep telling myself, like, no, 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 keep your expectations in check. And then I see stuff like this and I'm like, I can't. I know. He's like, and you nailed it with all the stuff that made it so enjoyable. Just, I mean, seeing Luke again, that seems like a, a small thing right now because we know he was going to be in it and be a big part of it. But just seeing him in the role that he's going to play in this and hearing dialogue from Mark Hamill again, just being brilliant in the role which you know i feel he's and i know a lot of other fans do think that his portrayal as luke is so underrated and not recognized as such a great acting performance for what he did in the original trilogy and how differently he played him in each movie and mm-hmm. he's continuing that in the last jedi just from what we've seen in the shots and dialogue of him in this trailer he's like just another part of luke's life that we've never seen before mark hamill's doing a great job of delivering a new performance for this character that we all know and love for so many years so yeah, you're right. It's really hard not to like, have our expectations through the roof and think this is has the potential to be one of the best Star Wars movies ever because it, every all the signs are pointing to it. And you're right, got to try to keep it in check. But 
man, it's really hard when everything looks this good. Yeah, and I mean, even as you're talking about Mark Hamill playing Luke, like I'm remembering, you know, reading something maybe about a year ago um, as they were kind of wrapping filming on The Force Awake or on uh, episode eight, I mean, and obviously J.J. Abrams must have like seen some of the footage. I think it was J.J. Abrams who said yeah, that like he was. thought Mark Hamill should, you know, he's like hoping that Mark Hamill get nominated for an Oscar for his performance in this movie. Um, so we got that to look forward to. Um, and I, I do still think, want to see a Star Wars movie win an Oscar in my lifetime. <laughs> oh, man, nice. I would love that. And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get my expectations up that high, at least until sure. I see the movie. Um, I mean, you, you definitely can't predict from a trailer that this movie's going to win an Oscar for Best Picture. But, um, you know, man, just like I'm 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 pumped, man. I cannot wait. And uh, and, and I'm very satisfied with what we got in this trailer too i mean it's not just that it got me you know super excited and amped up and you know got us thinking and talking and raised a lot of questions but it wasn't one of those where um you know it left you feeling like you didn't see that much um i mean with the first teaser like it kind of just left us with the first with that one big question at the end where you know luke says it's time for the jedi to end i mean this one was raising questions all throughout um and uh you know, but also just showing a lot of cool stuff along the way. And like I said, the only thing I feel like I'm really missing out on is maybe seeing a little bit of uh, some scenes on Canto Bite. But I think it'll be pretty easy for me right now to, you know, when they come out with international trailers and TV spots and stuff, I'm like, nah, man, I'm good. Like, I'm full from this trailer. Like, it delivered all the goods, and there's enough just in this to dissect and chew on and hold us over until, you know, December 15th. So... Um, man, I just, I just cannot wait to get to see this movie already. I mean, I got my tickets. I'm sure you, did you, were you able to get yours too? Yep. Yeah. 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 And I got to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Jason Hunt, who ordered tickets for me when he's not even going with me. Cause I'm in Tucson, Arizona right now. I'm about to move to Phoenix at the end of this month. And so I'm going to be going to a different theater with, uh, yeah, my fiance and her sister and her boyfriend. So, um, you know, but Jason, because I was at the uh, Diamondbacks game last night, and so Jason was, uh, you know, willing to get on Fandango and hook me up with those tickets. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, man, I'm ready. Like, let's oh, just yeah. do this already. <laughs> I know. Thankfully, we just got a little over two months to go, but it should fly right by. And you were saying how this left you satisfied and full without seeing anything else. I feel the exact same way. I don't need another trailer or see any other TV spots, but at the same time, too, I know I'm probably going to watch them once they do come out. So <laughs> Gosh, don't TV scare spot. me like that, Tim. I was like, wait, you hold off on TV <laughs> spots? What? When we get to December and they're still rolling out, like, TV spot number 30 or 40, then I'm going to stop. But yeah. <laughs> until then, uh, yeah, if we get any more stuff, I'm going to take it all in. But, yeah, this one more than delivered and satisfied the craving of new Star Wars footage to see and what's coming next in the saga. And, yeah. Again, it's not like a broken record, but it more than delivered on everything I was hoping for. So big, big success on this trailer. Yeah, man. Well, I think we've pretty much talked it to death at this point. But um, yeah, just can't overstate how excited we are and how just mind-blowing and awesome this trailer was. Um, man, and what a way to get to celebrate 100 episodes of our podcast. Like, yeah. 
you know, it's like Lucasfilm gave us a, you know, tell them we send a mighty gift. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, man, it was, ugh, I, I can't think of anything better. Um, yeah, we had thought about maybe doing something big, trying to get a, a guest on or, you know, do, well, you know, our last episode, we got to finally record while playing Battlefront, um, like we've talked about doing for a while. Um and, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed that because we got a lot of fun with it. But then once we realized that, hey, we could actually land our 100th episode on the release of the Last Jedi trailer, it's like, well, what better way to do it than that? Because this is like the heart and soul of what we do right here is talking about trailers and news and just dissecting and analyzing and wildly speculating about, uh, you know, all the stuff that we're excited about with the new Star Wars movies. So it's been a blast. Definitely, especially when it looks like a Star Wars movie that could, you know, have the potential to have some of the biggest moments out of the whole saga and change the scope of things we know on the saga. So yeah, couldn't get any bigger for 100. Yeah, man. I mean, the, uh, this movie is going to be a game changer for sure. Yeah. And I totally. cannot wait to see uh, what happens next. Um, so I think we're going to get ready to uh, just go ahead and wrap up here. Um, but uh, Tim, you want to check out um, or, you know, let us know, uh, you know, do your thing. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I can't talk anymore. Social media, tweets, that stuff. Yeah, we got to get our listeners' reactions to the trailer. So, first off, uh, we got an email from uh, my friend and Batman's podcast co-host Dane, who wanted to let us know his thoughts on the trailer. Um, he says, "Hey, Kyle and Tim. So I just watched the new trailer, and I have to say, I am highly, highly impressed with what it, what they're doing. First off, this was the trailer I needed." After being really let down by the Justice League trailer that was nothing but CGI cartoons doing stunts with little to no context and saying cheesy one-liners again with little to no context, this trailer totally made up for that. Yeah, it's a little insight to my Batman podcast. Me and Dane are at totally uh, disagreements on the Justice League movie. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he goes on to say, rather than uh, go scene by scene, which I'm sure you guys have already done, I'll talk about one thing that really stuck out to me, which is Luke. I love what they're doing with Luke, where it seems like he's not the wise, have faith in the force, old man Obi-Wan was. It seems like he was really scared. I mean, he even says it in the trailer, and unsure of what will happen to Rey and what she'll become. Which leads me to believe something very unpopular with fans, which is the fact that I don't think Luke is the right teacher for Rey. I think what they're trying to say is that the person that Luke is not right for the future of the Jedi. It's sad to think about, but it's also interesting where they're taking the character if that's where they're going. It's really cool to see how different Luke is now compared to the Jedi Order in the prequels. He's not Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon or Yoda or even Anakin. He's in that gray area where he may not be what we expected, which is exciting to me. What's even more exciting is how Rey seems to be different from all of them, and I can't wait to see where her journey takes her. Thanks for the awesome show, guys. Yeah, well, thanks to you, Dane, for sending the email, even though we talk to each other every few weeks. I'm <laughs> glad to hear you chime in with your thoughts on the trailer because... Yeah, glad you liked it as much as we did, too, because it was great. And just what he said about Luke, too, is just one of those things to be excited for. And we touched on it, too, of how, you know, this is going to be a different Luke we're going to see and what we're expecting. And I know some fans are scared of that from what, you know, has been shown and what's been said about him. But again, we have to see where it all ends, not only this movie, but in episode nine. But it's just going to be, you know, really, really exciting to see where they're taking this character that we know and love to unexpected places, which... Again, I have full confidence in what Ryan Johnson, Kathleen Kennedy, that, you know, they're not going to take it to some 
drastic change he plays that's going to ruin the character and what he did in the original trilogy. They're not going to tarnish his legacy like that. But there's got to be dark times for him, and we're going to see him come out of it. But mm-hmm. you're you're right. It is exciting to see how it's all going to play out. Yeah, but I, I think the thing that you got to keep in mind, too, um, and I keep referencing, you know, these interviews that they've had in, like, Entertainment Weekly and Vanity Fair and stuff like that. And the one thing that is, has stuck out to me um, probably the most about Luke is, you know, they talk about taking him to unexpected places and having him, you know, battle with inner demons and having him, um, you know, have hurdles to overcome and, you know, not just making him this super powerful, you know, old Jedi and whatever, but um, that he actually has a journey and a story arc, which means that you start him out in an unexpected place. And that he's kind of a lot more worse for wear than, you know, maybe we were expecting or were hoping to see, but also he's not going to stay there. You know, yep. it, he, it wouldn't be a journey. It wouldn't be a character arc if Luke was scared to train Ray the entire movie, or if he was just holding her back the entire movie, or if he was holding himself back and didn't want to get back in the fight and didn't want to, you know, face Kylo Ren and face the first order. Um, if he just, stayed you know kind of scared like that for the whole movie i think that would be a disservice to the character and i you know ryan johnson and the folks at lucasfilm i mean they know that fans would be disappointed by that we know that they know that luke is the childhood hero of so many millions of people around the world um you know myself included and so i'm still very much looking forward to him having that breakout moment i think he's going to turn it around i think we will get the triumphant return of heroic Luke Skywalker towards the end of the movie. And that obviously is something that they're not going to show us right now. Um, and so I'm more than okay with waiting to see that until, you know, we're in the theater. Totally. And I think it's a good thing. Like what Dane said in the email about him, not being like Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon or Yoda as a mentor character, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen that before and it would be kind of boring if Luke was exactly like Obi-Wan. So get a different take on, you know, ways of teaching someone the force which you know we keep saying we're going to be learning new things about it so it would have to be done in a different way as well so it's definitely all (laughs) going to be cool to see play out even if it is different Mm -hmm. yeah and even in a way i mean it is kind of similar to like i mean i'm thinking of luke being afraid to train ray and you think of um like when he first met yoda and how yoda didn't want to train him um and the fact that, you know, he said he's too old to begin the training and, uh, you know, I sense much anger in him like his father. Y- Yoda didn't seem scared. Like he wasn't. It was more like a stubbornness, really. Right. Yeah. But you can definitely see, like, when you add in the context of the prequels, I'm sure there was some fear there. Um, but again, with Yoda being, you know, 900 years old and having the experience that he has, it definitely didn't come from a place of emotion. Um, mm-hmm. It came from more of like kind of wisdom or logic like oh we tried this once before it didn't work so you know i'm not going to do this again um or he's kind of just being a a grumpy old man like you know no i'm not going to train you and then luke and obi-wan finally change his mind but um yeah with luke it's definitely yeah it's different and yeah i like that he's got a different journey um he's a different type of jedi and that the fact that his own nephew betrayed him and not even i mean for you know, Yoda and Obi-Wan, like they had a lot of responsibility within the Jedi Order in the prequels, but it had been around for thousands of years. Luke had a lot more weight on his shoulders um, being the, you know, once that Jedi Order was wiped out and he was the only one left tasked with rebuilding it. 
and got it off to a good start. And within just a few years, it immediately came crashing right back down again because of, you know, his own flesh and blood, you know, who had this dangerous raw power that Luke didn't fear as much as he should have. And so I think it makes perfect sense for him to be scared of that um, and to be like, no, you know what? I, you know, people put their faith in me. I had, you know, the, the weight of the galaxy and the future of the Jedi Order on my shoulders, and I thought I could bear that burden, and I tried once, and it came crumbling down around me, and I'm not going to try to do that again. I think that's kind of natural. I mean, we don't want to see our heroes go through that, but I think that's a normal human response to have. So, yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's, you know... It's only going to make them stronger in the end, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I think even though this might not be what we're ex- expecting going into the movie, I think when it's all said and done and we get to see, you know, where Luke starts off in this movie, find out sort of where he's coming from and what happened in between episode six and seven and then see where he gets to by the end of this journey. I think, yeah, I'm I'm hoping, but I'm also, um, you know, trusting in them that we're going to be really happy with it. Yep, totally agree. And for some Twitter responses on the Last Jedi trailer, first off, we put our poll up. And I got to say, right off the bat, I'm a little bummed that the disappointing option got a 1% on there. Someone actually put disappointing on there. Like, how's that possible? (laughs) I can't see how this trailer was disappointing. But as the old saying goes, you're not going to please everybody. But yeah, the choices was best trailer ever, amazing, just okay, and disappointing. So like I said, 1% was disappointing. 11% was just okay. Uh, 24% for Billy, for best trailer ever, and 64% as amazing. So actually, I'm surprised best trailer ever was a little low as uh, 24%. I thought it'd be kind of neck and neck with amazing, but still, amazing is still, you know, a great reaction to have for a trailer. So yeah, I mean, so I best th- trailer ever is you know high praise to heap on a trailer, but I mean, man, this it's is pretty up there be, though, man. It's <laughs> right up there for yeah. me. Like, oh man. You can definitely make the argument that it's the best trailer ever. (laughs) The argument can be made. Definitely. But then some uh, reactions from our Twitter followers. Uh, First up, Brian Bailey at Balls in Play on Twitter says, The Last Jedi trailer was great. Some amazing shots. But that episode three trailer was perfect at promising to connect episodes one and two to episode four. So he tweeted out letting us know the episode three teaser trailer was his favorite one, which can't argue with that either. That is a great trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Joseph Golden at CC Star one one three eight says, "I absolutely love the trailer. My favorite part was the scene with Snoke and Ray, which has me very intrigued and scared for Ray." Then Dylan Sparks at Suburban Home says, "Kylo slash Leia, Finn slash Phasma, and Luke in general are my highlights. I'm still wanting to know more about those Ice Fox creatures." And then uh, Michael at Jedi Obi Mike says, "I have only felt a similar feeling once before, and it was for the first look at the Force Awakens." This trailer took me beyond that. Best ever. So I think I know what Mike voted for in the poll. <laughs> and then Alan at uh, Label Chips said, incredible. And I'm hoping it's a bit misleading as well. So we get more surprises. Also, some scenes uh, were very reminiscent of Star Wars Rebels. Then he sent us a message letting know what kind of reminded him of that. Because when I saw the trailer, I didn't think of anything from Rebels. But he made some pretty good callbacks where I could see which made him think about it. First up, um, an obvious one, probably, which I should have realized right away, was uh, Kylo Ren flying in his TIE Silencer 
Uh, he says, much like uh, Grandpa did attacking Phoenix Squadron in Star Wars Rebels Season 2. Mm-hmm. Only Vader did that spin move flying backwards. Yeah, <laughs> Kylo Ren's not on that level just yet. And then he also mentioned how the crate base hangar uh, looks a lot like Ford and Axis from uh, Season 1 of Rebels, where uh, Kanan and Ezra go in to hide from the Empire and the Inquisitor, and they encounter those uh, creatures that were sensitive to the dark side. And then he goes, Ray's ability to simultaneously levitate, levitate multiple rocks is similar to Ezra doing that in the Ford and Axis episode, too where Kanan and Luke both see his dark side power. So, yeah, didn't necessarily think of Rebels right away, but those are good examples of some callbacks as far as, you know, sharing some similarities there. So appreciate you pointing that out to us, Alan. And thanks to everyone chiming in on their thoughts on the trailer. I mean, glad, even though it got 1% disappointing vote, glad I didn't see anyone, you know, reply and respond with any critiques and complaints about it. Because, again, it's just so hard to find too much to complain about this flip so glad that everyone enjoyed it as much as we did so everyone's going to be I'm sure just as excited to see the actual movie as we are once after seeing this trailer so yeah thanks everyone for chiming in and glad you all enjoyed it too yeah thanks a lot you guys um you know it's always great to hear from you and uh kind of get you chiming in on this stuff and get your opinions and you know things like that i told tim when he posted the poll earlier i was like well yeah you can post a poll about the trailer but i think we know what everybody's gonna say um but man, yeah, it's just so cool that, um, you know, even though pretty much everybody agrees that it's awesome that, you know, people love different parts of it and there's just so mm-hmm. much to talk about and so much to get people excited. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, I'm not even going to try to list it all cause we just listed it all over the past three and a half hours, <laughs> but, uh, man, just, uh, I cannot wait for this movie to come out. Um, and I really hope it's as good as, uh, as we're all hoping, but I mean, all signs, at least for me, are pointing in that direction, not just with the trailers and stuff, but um, I mean, even simple little things like Ryan Johnson tweeting and saying, you know, how excited he is to share the trailer with people yeah. and how proud he really is of this movie. Also, I mean, the fact that it's October and they've already said that the movie is done already. Um, I mean, that's kind of early for a movie that's, you know, coming out in December. I mean, it's not like they got a ton of time left, but, you know, if they needed another like month to keep working on visual effects and stuff, I would kind of imagine they'd be taking that time. And so the fact that they're done with it this early and that like Ryan Johnson is happy with it, like that kind of gives me some confidence because I remember, I think it's a quote from George Lucas and as you know, someone who went to film school, like I can totally agree with this, where he said that movies are never really finished. You just keep uh, tweaking and perfecting them and, uh, you know, just keep working on it up until the studio pries it out of your hand so they can release it. Um, and so the fact that we're, you know, a couple months out from release, and this was even, you know, probably like two or three weeks ago, I think, that they announced that uh, the entire movie was done. I'm like, oh, well, man, you guys finished with time to spare. And the fact that you didn't need to keep going and tweaking things, like, I guess they must really be happy with it. Yeah, so let's bump up the release date. Uh, let's hey, get it out in November. <laughs> heck yeah, man. Why wait? I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, just oh, cannot wait. We got like two more months left. Um, and then we will finally get to check out this movie and see if it lives up to all our lofty expectations. Yep. Um, but lastly, man, you know, hundred episodes, it does not feel like we've 
Well, I guess it, it feels like we've done a lot of episodes of the podcast. Um, doesn't feel like we've been doing this for five years, but I mean, it's just Definitely. flown by and it's been a blast. Um, in some ways, it feels like we've done more than 100 episodes, but that's just because like, I mean, if all of our episodes were only an hour and a half long, we'd be on episode 200 <laughs> by now. <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, we were like any normal podcast, but nope. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars gets us talking. But yeah, you're so right. The It feels like we've done a lot of episodes, but the time does not feel like it's been that long or it's five years and it's it's crazy but couldn't agree with you more it's been a great ride to chat with you about star wars for 100 episodes i mean just thinking back to the day after we got the announcement that disney bought lucasfilm we're gonna get a new trilogy and you just sent me that facebook message about hey you want to start a podcast about talking about all the new star wars movies so we can you know start this from the beginning and follow this all the way through with this new trilogy and era of star Wars. I was like, heck yeah, I'll be all for talking about it. And we really didn't know each other very well back then. We did like one podcast on front lines together as guests. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think we had done one episode together as guests, but mostly, I mean, I just knew you from, um, you know, we were both like moderators on the forums and, uh, you know, I was, writing content for the episodes and then you were writing stuff for the website and so we were all we were both just kind of part of that little group there um and i in fact just recently i saw we had you know we just had our uh you know five year anniversary as friends on facebook um just a few days ago and i was like I wonder what made me send you that friend request because like, it's not like I knew that I was going to ask you to be my co-host because yeah. <laughs> we weren't, you know, we obviously didn't know ahead of time that like that star Wars announcement was coming. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun and obviously we've, you know, become better friends over the years and found out we have more yeah. in common as far as being, you know, huge baseball fans and being into video games and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's and it's funny because, like you said at the time, like we really didn't know each other that well, and you know we were just sort of acquainted through other stuff. And you just happened to be uh, the one friend I knew who was like sort of involved in podcasting and was a big Star Wars fan, but didn't already have his own podcast. Um, and so you know I had other friends that I was maybe thinking about doing one with me, but I was like, oh, they're probably too busy because they've already got their own show. So like, let me ask Tim, and you know we'll start this thing together and never would have imagined that here would be you know almost five years later on our hundredth episode um i guess i probably would have again probably would have imagined we might be over a hundred episodes if we had been uh five years into it but if you count up all the hours of content i think it's far probably far surpassed what i uh you know first imagined we would do never would have thought we'd become you know the guys known for doing like three and a half hour episodes and just going on <laughs> rants and speculations and tangents and i mean I, you know i i love what we do um there are definitely far more professional podcasts out there where they get you know the celebrity guests to come on and stuff but um you know we're just two dudes talking star wars and i think we kind of combine being a, a news podcast and a movie podcast and a battlefront themed gaming podcast and just a, a fun discussion based podcast where we just you know kind of start with the news as a base and then just branch out and talk about whatever star wars stuff we want to talk about um so you know i i love it it's been uh you know a great ride and obviously thank you to all you guys that have uh you know, stuck with us through, uh, you know, the, the long journey, um, that keep tweeting and, uh, you know, our friends that text us or whatever, or, you know, you guys that, um, comment on Facebook or, or reply to us on Twitter or whatever, and say that you love listening to the 
you know, three hour episodes, because I know some people think we're crazy, but as long as some of you guys are out there that are like, hey, you know what, this will get me through multiple drives to work, and I just love listening to you guys talk about Star Wars, I'm like, all right, heck yeah, we'll keep doing it. Totally, yep. <laughs> and then there are other times when we get an awesome trailer like this, and even if we were trying to keep it to two hours, I'd be like, screw it, we're going to keep talking anyways. Yeah, it almost seems impossible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, just on a personal note, Kyle, I got to say thank you for asking me, because you know, getting to know you, becoming a good friends. And then just honestly, I can say that these five years have been the best five years of my Star Wars fandom, getting to geek out with all this awesome stuff with you and some of the other friends we made on through this podcast, like Paul Herman, just playing Battlefront together and just, you know, getting online together and waiting for the trailers to drop and just dissecting it, even when we don't record and then we do it all over again for this podcast. It's just been so much fun to experience Star Wars this way. So, yeah, it's been a really great five-year run and just 100 episodes of Talking Star Wars. Like I said, the best part of my life of being a Star Wars fan has been these five years with these movies with you and the other friends we made. So the, that request you sent and on that message at Facebook, yeah, it's been a great ride since then. So thank you. Yeah, well, I can echo that, that sentiment 100%. And, uh, you know, thank you for accepting the request and, uh, you know, agreeing to start this up with me. Um, you know, we really had no idea what we were doing at first, but I think we've kind of found our niche and, uh, you know, gotten into a, a good groove and, um, you know, kind of developed our chemistry as co-hosts over the years and uh, just had a blast talking about this stuff. Um, and yeah, like I said, I mean, I know people on other podcasts that, you know, they might get in debates and whatever. And the fact that we're both so, you know, kind of chill and, you know, agree on stuff and, um, you know, sorry if this sounds sappy, we're just sitting here patting each other on the back. But hey, you guys record 100 <laughs> episodes of a podcast and then you can do the same thing. Um, you know, I, I think we've really just kind of, you know, we found our groove here. And then the fact that, like you said, we can have so much fun just, um, you know, even outside the podcast when we're talking about baseball or we're playing Battlefront together or whatever, you know, that's been a lot of fun too. Um, and then, you know, even to some of the moments where we've gotten to like actually hang out in person at Celebration yep. and, and stuff like that. Um but, uh, yeah, you know, and then I'm thinking, too, about some of my favorite episodes from over the past hundred. You know, we had I remember one of our first ones was the Kessel Run, where <laughs> I was my infamous uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I was either sick or like had a lot of homework to do or something. And there was some news that I wanted to talk about, but I couldn't get on and record. So I had you record an episode by yourself. And it was um I think like 12 minutes, which is why I called it the Kessel Run, because it was under 12 parsecs. And it was like <laughs> our fourth episode or something like that. Yep. Um, and then uh, I don't remember which episode it was, but the one where we did the outro where we were like uh, Lando and Nia Numb in the Millennium Falcon. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that was another one where I was busy and I was on the episode with you, but I hadn't really had time to um, keep up with all the news stories. And so I let you kind of take the lead and then that turned into like land or Han turning the Falcon over to Lando and, you know, don't worry, she won't get a scratch. And yeah, I don't know. That one was a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah totally out of the blue, but it works so perfectly. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was the fun thing too, that it was totally impromptu. Like we did not plan that. Um, the one that I did plan that was fun was uh, episode 66. And I yeah, talked like Palpatine for the whole first <laughs> few minutes of it. Um, and then obviously like the battlefront episode that we did, you know, just a couple days ago, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's kind of an experiment, but something I'd been wanting to try for a long time. By the way, I still got to work on the video of that uh, for you guys, but I will definitely get that up. Um, 
yeah, hopefully by the end of this week or something at least. But um, yeah, that is still coming. If you want to check out the gameplay footage and I'll edit in our commentary with that. Um, and hopefully that all gets worked out. But yeah, that was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's been any other you know highlights over the past hundred episodes. I'll just say another one for me was the first teaser for The Force Awakens. I mean, that was such a big deal to see our first yeah. footage of a new Star Wars movie. And like, you know, the reason we started the podcast and getting to talk about seeing new footage of a Star Wars movie for the first time. That was great. I mean, just even leading up to that day, um, pretty much me staying up the whole night, not knowing when it was going to drop and being the guy who's going to let everyone know <laughs> what that goes on. And then, you know, we weren't even planning to record an episode that day, but it was just, we were just so excited of seeing new Star Wars footage for the first time that, you know, oh, let's just jump on right now and record our thoughts on it. That was a lot of fun, too. It's, you know, almost like a culmination of what we started the podcast for was seeing new Star Wars movies footage from it for the first time. And I just remember that being a lot of fun to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was even going to say, I mean, like all of our trailer review episodes are always a blast. Um, and, you know, I would say this might be my favorite one yet. I mean, obviously we haven't even had time to sit back and reflect on it or anything, but like a, cause the trailer was freaking awesome. And B, because I could sit there and flip through screenshots from every single shot of the movie and felt like we had something substantial to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, I yeah, mean, I honestly there, there have been times where, and, and you know, on the whole, I mean, I love doing three plus hour trailer review episodes and breaking it all down. But then there are some times where like, you know, it starts getting real late at night or whatever. And I'm like, okay, do we really have to talk about this shot? And I'll start skipping over stuff or, um, you know, I'll just be like, man, I, I like talking about this, but like, I want to go to bed already. Like this has been a long episode. It's after midnight right now. We're closing in on four hours. And in all honesty, I'm kind of still talking because I think it would be cool to finally break four hours for our, our 100th episode, because why the heck not? Exactly. Um, the perfect time to do it. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm not just trying to kill time or stretch it out here, and I'm not sitting here going, oh, man, I want this to be over already. Like, I want to keep going. I want to go back and watch the trailer again and keep talking about it because it was such an awesome trailer, and there's just, you know, so much to break down and talk about. And, um, man, I just freaking love Star Wars. As yeah, we've I said so much over these past, you know, 100 episodes in these past five years, it is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. You know what? I'm glad you said that because... It felt empty if for our 100th episode we didn't say that. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> got to say it. Auto. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you got this awesome trailer. We got, unfortunately, the Battlefront 2 beta ends tomorrow. I mean, they did extend it two days. It was supposed to end yesterday, and I haven't had any time to play it during the extension because I was at the ball game yesterday, and then we're recording all night tonight. But, um, you know, the, the full game's coming out like a month from now. We got uh, Season 4 of Rebels, which, by the way, premieres uh monday so we'll probably be recording another episode next week to talk about that i would imagine which i mean that right there that's gonna be like the most like we've never recorded three episodes in two weeks before yeah <laughs> um and even if we had they definitely were you know didn't reach the length that these three combined are gonna reach um so that'll be a lot of fun um yeah, and so just the fact that we've got all this awesome stuff going on this month, we got Battlefront 2 coming out next month, and then The Last Jedi coming out after that, and the Han Solo movie coming out six months later, still, you know, it, I mean, we haven't heard anything about them pushing the release date back, but hopefully we'll get a trailer for that sometime soon. I mean, there's just so much cool stuff going on right now. 
Um, and this is what we were hoping for, right? Like when we started this podcast, I mean, on the one hand, I was kind of excited just for episode seven. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was kind of naive when we first started out. Like I was like, Oh, I'm going to be the guy to start a podcast on day one and be, you know, the one guy that like chronicles this journey all the way through. And of course, first of all, we weren't the only star Wars podcast. I'm sure to crop up right around then, but also like every other star Wars podcast that was already going, like that's all they're talking about now too. Um, you know, I maybe didn't quite realize how big the star Wars podcasting landscape was back then, but you know what? We're just swept up right along with uh, everybody else and just enjoying the ride. And it's been, you know, just so awesome. Totally. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out and thanks to Michael Cohen, who, you know, we're, got us introduced to the Frontlines podcast and then brought us all together. But he really helped us out with setting, you know, our podcast up with the website and then creating our logo, both of our logos, which I thought were really cool. So Mm -hmm. thanks, Mike, for getting us off the ground and, you know, helping, you know, create some content for our podcast with the logo and the website, too. So, yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot to, uh, you know, to Mike for helping us out for um, all the, you know, our friends that we've had on as guests over the years. Um, and, you know, especially to all you guys for listening, um, for, you know, encouraging us with your feedback and, uh, just for, you know, following along on this ride with us. Um, and of course I know we're making this sound like a big, you know, series finale or something like that, but we have no plans of stopping anytime soon. Um, man, I mean, I'm not going to put a time limit on this, but we at least got to keep going through episode nine. Oh, um, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah we, we got to finish what we started with, uh, you know, the beginning of the sequel trilogy here. So um, and who knows, maybe keep on going after that. But, uh, you know, the future is bright. Uh, there is, you know, never been a better time to be a Star Wars fan. So, um, you know, I think we'll uh, just go ahead and get ready to wrap up here. But before we do, um, just wanted to play an audio clip from one of our longtime listeners, uh, Brian Bailey, who sent us a congratulations uh, message for our 100th episode. Hey, Tim and Kyle. I wanted to congratulate you on 100 episodes. Um, I know it's been a long time since you started. I feel like I've been with you since nearly the beginning. And it's been a really fun r- ride listening to all the episodes and all of our fun Star Wars discussions. Uh, I wish you uh, another hundred in the future, and I hope you have a great time. May the Force be with you, always. So thank you very much, Brian, for sending that to us, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, that was really awesome of you to do, Brian. We appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, like I said, you know, we couldn't do this without you guys. Um, so, you know, to, to all the people that you know reach out to us interact with us all the friends that we've made over the years um through doing this and just uh for all of you guys you know for enjoying uh this ride along with us and uh you know just joining in our excitement for star wars thank you so much um and as we get ready to head out here you know as always uh, you guys know where to find us online you can uh, check us out at facebook.com slash star wars the saga continues follow us on twitter at star wars tsc uh send us email at star wars tsc at gmail.com and you can check out our website at uh, star wars tsc.com um and you can also check out thunderquack.com for all the other awesome uh podcasts in the thunderquack podcast network that we're a part of um and uh yeah like i said i mean we'll be back uh in not too long here with uh, episode 101 
um, with season four of Rebels and uh, just keep on going from there. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's been an awesome hundred episodes and uh, here's to even more. We will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>